right now, okay? All right, man. Okay. Welcome to Toon Talk Radio in association, in association with www.novaradio.co.uk as well as my own little brand of www.toontalk.co.uk and we're also available on the TuneIn app and also on Google Play, you'll be great, glad to know. Well, it's been an interesting last couple of uh, days with Newcastle United a heartwarming and a tremendous game to actually watch on TV, see how the lads have got on, and a, just an all-around feel-good factor. What's your thoughts on the game, on the, the the players, and the transfer news, of course, which is breaking all the time, which is unheard of, I think, in Newcastle times. And my co-host this evening is Neil Mitchell calling in from Dubai, and as ever, he's always got something to say, uh, positive on Newcastle United. Good evening, Neil. All right, Andrew, how are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. So, obviously, we sp- it seems to be that the flags are uh, being used properly. Um, it was a great yes. sight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, from out here in Dubai, in in Goodfellas Bar in, in Tigom, or Albasha Heights, as it should be called now, <laughs> apparently it's changed its name again. Um, yeah, it, it's, it, it sort of brings a, a tear to the eye and a, a real joy in the heart to see the ground bouncing like that. And to be there with fans of other other clubs, because obviously they'd all been in to watch the Premiership games through the afternoon. Um, and then we had uh, basically Man United and Hull fans at the other end of the bar watching their game. Um, but we had quite a few Liverpool fans and Chelsea fans who hung around to watch our match. And they were, they were all quite impressed with the, with the sight. And uh, the biggest crowd of the English uh, of the Saturday weekend in any division. Um that's bonkers, really. We're all bonkers. We all must be nuts. Um, but it's fabulous. And th- this is the deluded, fickle, idiotic, overly demanding fans uh, who were derided and they were an easy target for certain sectors of the press. Um, now I'd, I'd like to think we're shoving the words back down their throat. Yeah, I, I think um, we, we, we get so much stick. It's probably it's so incredible. Well, I tell, I tell you the other thing that's 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 had me wound up this week as well um, is is while we're on while we're talking about the fans and us being able to turn around and say we were right you're just talking about transfers where's this magical line that was very difficult to get things over that it suddenly disappeared and it's reappeared <laughs> somewhere in the area of Crystal Palace I believe because um, I heard, heard Pardew using that same old phrase in the in the media this week and the Palace fans are all turning around it seems on social media saying look you lads were right well, really sorry, yous were right. What is this man doing? He's dismantling my squad. 
Um, I mean, it, it shambles. Um, this magical line that's difficult to get players across, suddenly we're bringing them in in droves. I mean, I know we've done a couple, um, and I gather before the deadline closes, there's another couple due to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so suddenly it's, it's hard to do business, is it? But I tell you, that the signing for me, that's the, the big significant one, is, is Murphy. Because how out of the original business model is that? He's over 30. He's a championship player. Um, yeah, he's allowed to go and sign him because Rafa says this is the guy that's going to flesh our squad out and give us the depth. Um, so I think it's fair to say Rafa's been given the keys to the kingdom that he wanted. Because I don't think... We wouldn't have signed him last season. We wouldn't have signed him two seasons ago. Yeah, I think uh, that, that's probably the main thing, isn't it? I think that the whole club has been given such a shot in the arm mm. by everything that's happened in the last... Not just the last couple of days, but the fact that, um, you know, as Steve Ray said, when he went, he was there last week and he was given an honorary ball for Pavel. Um, mm. It just... And I think you said the other week, didn't you, that even when you interact with the, the you know, the Newcastle United website... Uh, under there, even well, on Twitter. Look, you, you look at how the social media is behaving. Um, and now Lee and his team have been given the actual free hand to interact. There's been some fabulous, and I hate, I don't like the word, but banter is the word I was going to use there. Um, but it's, it's that proper interaction, but it's, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. There's a little bit of upbeatness. Um, there was a fabulous tweet that tweeted um, just before one of the games kicked off where they'd been uh, spammed by a, 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 a Twitter site advertising services with ladies shall we say um, and, and, and they retweeted it with a wonderful little quip somewhere along the lines of just get back there in a couple of hours love will you, you know, I just thought that's we'd never have seen that level of interaction at one time uh, and now we're all able to sort of you know they're back in the Gallagher flags they're back in initiatives with fans they're, they're being able to do what a proper club does which is reach out to the fans and engage rather than draw a a dividing line and dig a trench because that's where we've been we've all been ensconced in trenches for the last five years and that's why it's ended in the way it has it's why it ended in the relegation it's why you know again we touched on this last week why it's taken an age to get certain fans groups back together and run in the same direction um and, and because that's the whole nature the way we've been We've had the hope absolutely squeezed out for it. was up to them. Did the squeeze were between the legs or by the throat? Because they just chose which one they were going to do. Um, and either starved with oxygen or just really made it hurt. And so um, it's now we've got this, this prop, well, it's almost, dare I say, we're nearly like a proper club again. Yeah, I think that the transfers, I think because they're normally not used to doing anything in nah. any window, um, even when even when it's been needed in an emergency situation. I think um, when it comes to Murphy, um, I was hoping for another one, another big lad to come in. Uh, to, to I think with the squad that we've got, we've got obviously we're looking for a, we're looking for a lot, a lot of pace. And mm. it looks like they're going to play Mitrovic most of the time. And then if any drop in form, they're going to bring in Murphy. I think uh, because people always think we need it now, we need it now. We also have the January window as well, just in case yeah, that things do I, go I, I, person, I personally think they don't want to use the January window. Nobody with any... The only time we've ever used the January window to any sense was when we signed, brought the lads like Musa Sissoko in, which mm-hmm. did actually get out of a sticky spot. Um, but I think most sensible managers don't want to use the January window at all. 
and I don't, I can't say Rafa want to use the the, the January window. Um, he's talking about strength and depth, two for each position. He's nearly there. I gather this this winger from Chelsea looks like that's pretty close. Um, and there's other names being linked as we speak. Um, McManaman so, was the interesting one, wasn't it? Well, yeah. Do you know what it is? Um, it, if he if he provides cover out wide, he was tipped for an England cap not that long ago. He, he has that streak to him. He just he's a little bit nasty. It's a long time since we've had a proper little nasty sod on my side. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be objectionable to that. Oh, we're going to live over and over a, a silly tackle that he made. That he actually, to be fair, he actually did apologise for that eventually. Yes. It was only his idiot cha- chairman that kept it going, saying he won the ball fair and square. Well, yeah, but the m- more and more the chairman wheeling, going on, uh, on and on and on and on about it, you know, trying to defend the indefensible. And you're right to an extent, Martinez as well. Um, but he, we've got to move on. We just have to. We are where we are. Um, we're not signing, you know, Brazilian internationals or Argentinian internationals again. It's it's we've got to cut our cloth accordingly. And I think, or like like a lot of the other signings he's made, um, Kieran Clark and Murphy raise eyebrows, shall we say? We've just got to trust that he's got a he's got a plan. He's sticking to it, and he knows what he's doing. We've just got to do it. Anybody that crosses that line in a black and white shirt, you've got to support. At the end of the day, you've got to try and give them hundred um, percent. And I'm damn sure if he comes in, if he's got a brain, if he's got an agent who's heart worth his salt, he'll have a, a little little line lined up to 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 read out to the to the fans as it open. Now, some people won't forgive and forget, and that's the nature of football. Um, my view is we've got to get on with it and we've got to get out of this division. And if he's one of the guys that will get us out of this division, I kind of probably don't care that much. It's, mm. it's, there's a lot of water gone under the bridge and a lot of horrible tackles gone under the bridge. I know they're talking today about Sergio Aguero's elbow at the weekend. Mm. Um, interestingly, I've just had a bit of banter on Dubai Eye here with Chris McCarty um, because uh, they had Mark Halsey on. The man who allowed a glad lad from Grimsby to nearly decapitate Alan Shearer, um, talking about how terrible Aguero's elbow was, and I had to pull him up about it. I had to say, look, you know, this is the guy that was uh, quite happy to allow Alan Shearer to be decapitated by this idiot from Grimsby, who then went to the press and told everybody how proud he was that he just nobbled the England captain. You know, uh, uh, there you go. There's a lot of nasty challenges happening every week in football. Um, do we live in the past or do we look to the future? I think we've got to keep looking forward, mate. Mm. Yeah, because it's like three three wins on the spin. Um, the, I think the interesting thing with obviously with all the the money we're spending, I think it's all it's all in hand with Sissoko not going. But then you hear today that um, Teote, who actually do I don't want to leave, has failed mm. a medical. I don't think it's possible to fail a medical. I just think it's a question of if they've seen an issue, they can well. flag it. But body um, mass index is probably part of the reason. <laughs> I think if they don't have to get that special big plane that the Russians have to fly him in there. Uh, look for a professional for a professional footballer. I, I know I can talk. I'm an overweight dentist and I sit on my backside all day. Um, I trundle out across the, 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 the green bays of the indoor pitches here in Dubai and think I'm the Jody Messi all over again and I'm not. Um, but you know what? That's what I, not what I'm paid to do. And he's paid to be a professional footballer, and he's vastly overweight at the minute. If you look at that picture of him, of him walking through Istanbul Airport, he's nearly bursting out with his track top, man. How are you? Um, 
Though I gather the issue they've raised is something with his meniscus in his knee, which I think is something historical. Um, yeah. I'm quite sure he'll have something else lined up. I know Al Jazeera over here were really keen on him, um, except they couldn't agree a fee with the club. Um, maybe that will be revisited. I think he's, you know we've got another 48 hours. He's probably going to be out, mate. At, at the end of the day, either that or we'll let him loose in this division because it seems like you've got to do a hell of a lot to get a yellow card in this division, it's and perhaps he can. It's uh, well, uh, um, and, and yet that idiot that got himself sent off for Brighton at the weekend. I mean, what was he thinking? <laughs> really, what was he thinking? That 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 was just a nonsense. No, there was a lad from Brighton in the bar with our lot and it sat at the bar and he just put his head in his hands he knew what was coming uh, and he's just like yeah <laughs> that's just ridiculous I was quite pleased with the lads at the weekend though they played, played that game without a proper striker Perez is a false nine if you want to call him that if that's a sexy title that you give them these days mm-hmm. um, Ranny sucks off he put a shift in if you look at the ground he covered you look on the, the, the these heat maps that they use uh, these days to track players and what have you um, that, it, it, very impressive he put a hell of a shift in and shifting Shelby further forward just released, released him to do what he, what he can do and what a hell of a free kick so but well, you're right uh, you know when it comes to Teote, um I, I just think he's, he's, he's got one year left on his contract we can get a fee for him now he's a big wage earner everybody's balancing books everybody's looking at how uh, things are going to work I suspect what Rafa's also doing planning for the eventuality that we might not just get not promoted this season. And what if that happens? Mm, and yeah. so we've got, to, we've got to cover all the bases. That's the, the whole the factor behind Tim Crow's move. What a clever move that is. Stick mm. a year in his contract. He remains our player. He gets a full season playing for Ajax. Um, and if he comes back and we're in the Premiership, we've got a, another top-class goalkeeper. That's ours in my ranks. And if we don't, we're in a great position to sell him and get a decent fee for him. Uh, I think that's cracking business, mate. It really is good thinking. That's the kind of thinking that hasn't been apparent at our club since the might actually took over. Yeah, exactly. It comes back to the stat that I've banged on and on and on about for bloody ages. We've had four relegations in 100 years and two of them have been under, under the current owner. Yeah. And if that doesn't wake him up that he's been doing something wrong, then nothing ever will. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're bringing our first guest to the show. It's uh, Saj Chowhury, a friend of the show. He's been on a couple of times, a Burnley and sports ju- journalist. And many a mickle makes a muckle. I love that. Indeed, many a mickle makes a muckle. Have you seen the rest of the bio? It says Burnley L. I've, uh, I'm, I've joined the new, the new club, Burnley L, a great, great club. Uh, uh, I've seen Benteke's not at the same club, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that's a shame. I'm, I'm on my I'm on, I'm on my own ra- 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 around that. So but, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, indeed, many a mickle makes a muckle, and uh, many a mickle has been made recently uh, under Rafa. <laughs> so uh, hopefully they'll be making a muckle soon. So uh, we shall see. Yeah, what was your th- obviously when he when he came in at the end of last season? Um, you know. I don't think anybody at the time, I think, expected him to come in. What, what's been your take on him? Because obviously a lot's happened, and it's a groundswell of like epic proportions, like Neil has said before. But it's quite astonishing what's happened that he stayed as well. What, what's, give me your thoughts on it. I think uh, there was expectation, obviously, when he came in. But I think that at this time it wasn't like an expectation where he thought, Oh, this is gonna. This is like a false prophet, so to speak. It's uh, somebody. He's gonna come along, and he's not gonna deliver. Because I, I think there was that 
uh, slight uh, feeling about the uh, whoever we've got. We've been, it's been the uninspiring choices, let's just mm-hmm. say, in the past, uh, whether it be uh, Rhoda or whether it would be mm-hmm. Pardew. It, it, it's not really um, uh, caught the imagination of, of uh, the fan base up in, up in uh, uh, the Newcastle fan base. So I, I think when he came in, there was, uh, there was that promise and and also uh, but there wasn't like a feeling that he wouldn't deliver and i think you know i'm happy that the club have actually you know given him him the reins so to speak regarding perhaps transfer uh, of policy um who he wants who he wants to keep who he wants to get rid of and uh, as he keeps uh, uh, underlining um, his project is uh, obviously now well and truly underway on his on his blog. So uh, um, we'll just see where, where the project takes us. But I think it's it's been a promising it's been a very promising start. When he when he when he came in, um, when obviously we got relegated, which was horrendous at the time. Could could you imagine if he had decided to say, you know what, I'm going to go back to Europe. I'm going to wait for a big bigger club to come in. Um, were you surprised that he decided to stay on, or do you think that last-minute, um, you know, crescendo of noise from Newcastle's fans re- really surprised him? Okay, he has a small tale here, right? Okay, good. Uh, I met Rafa Benitez approximately four or five years ago. Uh, by the way, this this is not a reason why I think he's he stayed and been loyal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. At the Urinals at the BBC, uh, <laughs> he was at a sport. He was at a sports personality uh, event, and I was I was there help, um, doing. I was working on it, I think, as well. And uh, he he left a little bit early, and so the party had just started. And he 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 was about to leave, and he was in the finals. <laughs> and you know, I sort of said to him, "All right, uh, what what's happening? He's he's staying around, Rafa." And he goes, "No, no, I've got to, It's Christmas time. I've got to go home and be be with my family." And I thought at that point, "Oh, you know what? Nice guy, you know." Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he obviously, you know, likes the party. He showed his face, but now he's got to go because he's got a family, etc., etc. And it's Christmas, and um, and at that point, you thought, you know what, he, he seems like a decent guy. So mm-hmm. I know it was a very, very small, <laughs> a few moments that I uh, spoke to him, but from the, you, you could kind of tell, you know, he he's somebody who, uh, you know, I, I think loyal and the charity work that his um, family have done. Um, uh, you know, and uh, the people of Liverpool hold him uh, with you know great regard uh, over in Merseyside, and so he, he, he's a he's a, a cliche, but he's a he's a football club man, and I think there's very few of those left where your head's not turned by something else. And obviously, he fancied this project. He knew that you know, uh, sorry to use his words, but he fancied this project. Mm. He knew it's a great fan base. He knew it's a great club. And he knows he could deliver something quite amazing. And I think even if there's a slight dip, maybe that might be this season or next year or whatever, let him continue building, I think, and, and see where it goes. Because he's obviously a decent guy. Mm. So, um, yeah, let's, let's just see where it goes. And I think that, that's why it didn't yeah. surprise me, I think. Um, uh, and uh, the only shock would have been had the, had the board not given him what he wanted or required yeah that w- that would have been very disappointing because i think this is for the club itself in recent history i think this is a very big big moment so um um let's you know obviously see where both the, the board and uh, benitez take us tell you what that sounds like a lot a lot better than the five uncomfortable minutes at your end i want to spend the day to day 
<laughs> but that's another manner. Um, yeah, well, let's just say we were talking face to face, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my, my, my dad was fortunate enough, I think we'll talk about this later in the show with Steve Hasty. My dad was fortunate enough to spend some time in Rafa's company after the match on on Saturday, and, and, and I woke up on Saturday morning to pictures of him with Rafa and, and about two million WhatsApp messages explaining <laughs> how wonderful and enraptured he was with everything. And, and, and But that's the kind of effect the bloke seems to have everywhere he goes. And I know mm. within Liverpool, it, it, the, the fans, the endearment to the fans and getting involved with a Spirit of Shanky group and, and almost openly being opposed to the Gillette and Hicks ownership in spite of them being his direct boss. You know, this kind of... As we said when he was appointed, the one thing he wouldn't need to be told was was how to get it, how to understand the whole... What is it about Newcastle and that makes the club and the city tick? And I think it's very clear he's got it from day one and that's what he's wanting to achieve. And you pick up very well on the... Again, we've talked about this all season, the project... The project word that keeps coming up over and over again. The players see it when they sign. I'm proud to be part of this project. It's it. There's definitely a grand plan, and that's what excites me so much. It's like, how is this going to unfold? Mm. I, th- I think you need that. It's almost like it's a, it's a kind of cult, so to speak. But you kind of yeah. need that. It's like Klopp's got that, where he gets, you know, and uh, Guardiola's got that. And from the outside, if you're not a fan. It looks a little bit cheesy and a little bit, what's going on here? Why are they all hugging each other now? What, what's this, right. you know, all group around type thing? But you know what? I, I think you kind of need football players, are, and, I, and I mean this is the nicest sense, uh, are quite simple people. So um, there isn't uh, that much skepticism among them. So it's a case of, like, if you buy into it, then it's going to go swimmingly. And, you know, if you buy into what Klopp's doing, if you buy into what Guardiola's doing, he's turned Sterling around. You know, if you buy into it as a player, it, it could, you know, have a great effect. And, you know, you could go on to do great things. I think he can probably have that effect over, you know, the um, yeah. a short you know, amount of time that he, he was uh, the first time around when he was manager. But, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, the, the project thing he keeps mentioning, and it is, it is quite funny, but I think... If you sort of buy into it like players are doing, then you know that's the start of something good. It's like when you're all yeah. starting to bond together because I think what's been missing, obviously, is that is the bonding. It's that you know we're all part of this, you know, thick and thin, all for one, one for all, etc. So, yeah, it's it's that almost that siege mentality in some respects um, that we, we've kind of almost had to develop a little bit. It's, it's um, while as it, people have been throwing all kinds of accusations, oh, you're buying the championship and you're spending, it's like, well, yeah, but we've sold, look at how much we've sold and look at what we're able to do. Um, and, and that's not, not by chance. And we've still got the Sissoko sale potentially to add to what's gone out. Um, you, you, you could see Rafa going on a, being given the, 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 the go-ahead to go on a spending spree in the last few hours of the transfer window if something was worked out with Sissoko. It's quite... Quite remarkable, really, but it, it, he has created this this mentality amongst a, a group, and, and again, that's a, another word that comes up in modern football all the time, the group. Um, but it really, genuinely, he wants to seems to want at least two players for every position, and that's what he seems to be getting. Mm. No, I, I, I see. I see that what he's. I think it, it, yeah, you're right about the fact that. It looks like bringing in loads of players, but you're right, I think that's, it was at 15 out, 10 in or something like that at the moment, yeah. or 11 in or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that. So it's actually not that, you know, it's, it's a, net, a net minus five. So it's still, you know, five other players that could come in. And yeah, you're right, the Sissoko sale, 
It'll be interesting to see what the net uh, net is at the way, the net spend is at the end. Um, you know, because yeah. it, it, obviously there are still payments coming through from the Premier League, so it could be that in the case of Ashley uh, for Ashley. It's like, oh great, I've, <laughs> I've made some more money from this so, yeah. <laughs> um, from his point of view. But I think what what uh, obviously Rafa's doing is get, I kind of I guess what Saul Keegan did, um, bringing in the right players. Um, there might not be household star names or anything like that, but. You know, he believes that these are the sort of players with the right character to obviously get them through the championship. And obviously, when they when they come up, and you know, maybe they'll spend money on bringing the likes of Ginola's and all that and Ferdinand. But uh, obviously, you know, that all depends on you know the, uh, the, the whether obviously Newcastle can come up in the you know, first time asking. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a wait and see. As you're right, it's a, a couple more days to go. And it'd be interesting to see what happens with Sissoko. Is it the latest saying Tottenham now? Is that, is that, is that <laughs> I never heard of it. Uh, that, that came up again. Um, and I think that was on the back of when Alden made some comment, which must have really endeared him to Liverpool fans, that he, he wanted to go to Tottenham, but they wouldn't pay the same amount of money as Liverpool, so he's gone to Liverpool, pretty much is what he said. And that, that, that really is such a ringing endorsement for the club you've gone to. But um, I think the Sissoko links probably come out with the back of that. Uh, I haven't seen anything concrete. I know Inter were kept being mentioned, but they've just gone and spent a significant million. amount on a, on a Portuguese lad. And I know they're, they're subject to FFP uh, restrictions at the minute because I think the Italian FA are having a very hard look at their finances. So I can't see him going to Inter either and, and no amount of kicking and stamping his little feet on uh, via his agent about Newcastle must reduce the fee to let me go is going to help them it just makes them look more obstinate and more of a, of a wally really to me um, but let's, uh, my personal feeling is I would fly back and drive him wherever he wanted to go um, but I guess he's been taught a lesson and, and I, get, I, I get the distinct impression he's going to go but only on the manager's terms and not on his terms. Um, and he's being held back until the very last minute. That's just my gut with this one. Mm, it, it seems like what Benitez has done, he's done all his... So there's no panic at the end. There's no, like, yeah. oh, we need, uh, need to sell Sissoko as a, uh, in order to get these players. And he's done what he needs to do and get whatever players he needs getting mm. in. Now, perhaps, uh, I don't know. Uh, no, I think, uh, probably he's, he's, he's... It depends on the striker. You know, if, if he does get, you know, get rid of one on loan or sells, sells yeah. he'll probably get rid of one on loan. Then, obviously, he might need to bring another in. But um, aside from that, it's quite a solid squad, a squad at the moment, um, especially with the, the, the two latest signings as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's a case of, well, you can stay till January. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, he, he probably will want to play. I think he, he might be an asset, to be fair, um, until, until he knows that he's going in January. So, I mean, either way, I think, you know, I think Newcastle are in a good position. And It'll be win-win. Re- yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a win-win, really. For well, the, for you can imagine, Saj, couldn't you, Neil, that if Teotihuacan has to stay and Sissoko stays, you can imagine that midfield and the right-hand side and the left-hand side with the other players coming in, it's an absolutely, it's a really strong team. And the fact that um, players are getting away with murder, kicking, in the, kicking <laughs> our players, uh, Saj, you can imagine if Sissoko gets fit and get sorry, uh, both of them, Sissoko and Teotihuacan, get is super fit, it could be quite a midfield that he could 
even if you have to put people here and there in the game, it could be a really, really strong Newcastle United team, even though it looks like they could sell them anyway. Uh, it, it could be, but I think, you know, obviously Benita should say, that, right, OK, if, if they are staying, you, you have to, and I'm going to mention the word again, buy into this project. Mm. And you have yeah. to perform like all the other midfielders have been yeah. doing. And they're trying to earn their right to be in the team, and they're pretty, you know, in you know, recent last two games, they've done all right. So, you know, but they're the ones who create, started creating this team spirit and bond. And when you've got like say Tiote and Sissoko, who, you know, let's just uh, flaky, um, let's probably uh, uh, describe them as, um, to come in and interrupt that team, is it actually worth it? I mean, it's 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 kind of like a tricky situation. They will have to say, right, okay, I'm extremely happy to play for you, Rafa. I'm going to put 100% in, like, oh, and I'm going to challenge for a pace because it's not guaranteed. And I think that's how Benita should say it, to say, right, yeah. you, you, you know, he knows they're obviously very good players and pre- probably Premier League players on their day, but they have got to graft and, you know, show that they're worthy of a place in, in this team, which is, you know, which, you know, lately has been doing very well. What do you think of... Um Shelby, we'll get to Neil in a second, but what's your thoughts on Shelby? I'm not really a fan myself, but it was a great free kick, but I do believe he, doesn't, he can do more on that Newcastle team. Yeah, he's, he's one of those luxury kind of players a little bit. He tries to be that sort of, uh, I'll, I'll uh, play the quarterback role, mm. I'll sit a bit deep and try and spread some balls and passes, but you know, he needs to get stuck in because mm. um, that's what essentially the championship requires. Um, you haven't got everybody has to be a bit of a workhorse in that midfield um, so he's, he's a slight luxury I think yeah. if he starts like I don't know if, if Rafa can mould him into a, a sort of a more of a sort of box to box type player which you know perhaps he I'm not sure if he has got the legs for that but um, then you could probably get more out of him but yeah I'm still unsure I think that's on Shelby, I think he's a he's a he's a great passer of the ball and great, obviously as we saw the other day, great free kick specialist. But you might need a little bit more, I think. What do you think, Neil? I think, well, I I think the fo- the formation change helped them. Uh, I, I was reading something online about how the formation had gone from the the four two three one that Rafa prefers to play with the the loss of the the big striking options. Um, he played more of a 4-1-4-1, which meant Shelby could be a little bit more advanced and he wasn't constantly sitting so deep. And that, that seemed to free him up. And I think I'd, I could see a lot of in that when I've watched some of the game back. Um, he's in different posi- part, bit like parts of the pitch that you normally see Shelby in. And when he's given the ball away deep, he's putting him in trouble. When he gives the ball away in an attacking area, we're not driven back into trouble again. Um, and I think he... he, he he played well. Um, I think the challenge is to do it consistently. I understand he's lost half a stone and he's, he's came into pre-season training early. He's determined to lose weight again and determined to get fitter. So that's doing all the right things, but he needs to put it into, into a package that he then produces consistently with. Because if he doesn't, there's plenty of people lining up to take his place in the team. Strangely, mm. I mean, if... Uh, if it is the case, and you know, Rafa plays a kind of obviously circumstances, maybe mm. then that you know, Shelby got that, that that chance or that role. But um, I think if it wouldn't go beyond me if he performed very, very well consistently in the championship, Newcastle, you know, 
benefited from his performances and some of his goals. Let's just say by March or whatever. Even if, because you look at you look at Allardyce's team mm. at the moment, and it's extremely uninspiring. I think he's uh, and the, there. Is, there would be that smidgen of a chance if he performed very, very well. But mm. he's always been on the fringes anyway. That he could perhaps be selected. But as I said, that, that's what he has to sort of look at and aim at. I think. Um, because obviously that's that, that, you know that, that that's his dream. But so, but so yeah, he needs to. As I said, he needs to continue on the path that he's on at the moment, as you've just explained. Uh, mm. Work hard, and I think you know he could be an extremely important figure. But if he becomes as flaky as some of the midfielders in that team have done in the recent times, then I think that his career might be over at St James's. Yeah, I think. Um with, with the, the way that Newcastle have set up this season, um, it was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> for being kicked to hell in the previous in the previous game, and you lose two of your best one of your, two of your best players. That's you know really you know in in um, uh, Gale, and you lose uh, Mitrovic, who's just come back. Um, losing them to, uh, I was you quite worried for Saturday. For, for Saturday, were you like when when, I, when, when the fact that Perez. Um, Perez is still an interesting quandary to many Newcastle fans, but he seems to be um, getting doing a bit more than, than what he that he's done since the start of the season. What's your thoughts on him? I think it's I think strangely it's, it's um, quite good for Perez this because I, I think he was thrust into you know any other club you would say if it was say Arsenal for example. Mm. You'd bring them in slowly, mm. you know. You'd, you'd kind of, you know, again, circumstances meant, you know, in, uh, in recent years that he was, he was just thrust in. We've got him in, mm. and you know, you think that a player of that age you know, he'd just be part of the development squad, and then he'll make it. But then, you know, you showed obviously great qualities, and he scored some great goals as well. But he, he wasn't ready really, and I think this sort of level, he can basically grab that responsibility as a lead striker or a lead forward and, you know, do a good job. I don't think he'd be overawed by it. I think the opposition is just about right at his level for him to uh, prosper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because he is still a young guy and, you know, let, let him, I think this is right, let him develop. So, you know, the two injuries, obviously Gail's been fantastic mm-hmm. um, as, a, as an outlet and uh, Mitrovic is missing as the muscle. But because it's the championship, it's not as that you know. You'll find some defenders who aren't that great mm. uh, at the back. You'll 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 have keepers making terrible back passes or terrible. Sorry, so terrible passes out, mm. and you'll get those chances that more so than you would have gotten in the Premier League. So um, I, Newcastle could lose a couple of key players, but still mm. be really good. Um, and that wasn't the case, obviously, in the Premier League. You lost like a you know in the Premier League. Certain players had to play every single game, um, pretty much, and there was a, any sort of injury to any of them. That would put, you know, fans would think, "Oh no, we're going to lose the next match," or you know, Ram got Sissoko, you know, he was in decent form, probably going to lose the, the next match, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, but I don't think there is that that feeling here. Obviously, if Perez got injured as well, then you're left in a little bit of a quandary. But uh, as I said, I think you know, Rafa has. It's good that Rafa's thinking about every single position and having mm. people to fill in every position. And you know, it'll be interesting, you know, even the Daryl Murphy, 
you know, seasoned professional. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a bad, it's a good signing. It's quite a clever, I think, a quite a clever signing. Mm. Um, because he's been there, seen it, done it, and he's helped sides obviously get promoted as well. So um, I think that's quite a canny signing. But um, you know, it's 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 not a, too much of a worry if if certain key players do, do get injured this season. I think. Like I mentioned it before to Neil, but Neil, do you think they just bring another big in? in? I don't know what that would achieve, Andrew. We've got Mitrovic and we've got Murphy. There's there's two. Mm. And and do we need another? Depends on what kind of formation he wants to play. You can really only play one of them at any one time. I can't see Murphy and Mitrovic starting the same games. Um, I think I think Murphy's the the insurance card for Mitrovic being injured, stroke, red carded again, whatever. Um, that would be my take on it. And as Saj quite rightly says, he's been there, seen it, done it, got the t-shirt, and they're the people you need around the dressing room. Um, of, of course, let's have another striker, but they've all got to play and they've all got to have rules. I know it's a long season and I know there's many games and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I think I think he complements and can replace Mitrovic and bring something slightly different. In some games where you need to be a bit cannier or a bit more patient, perhaps. Um, take, for example, Fulham, the opening game of the season. If we'd had somebody like him up front then, we might have turned that possession into, into goals and so I think he's probably looked at where we're at and said right okay we need this we need this we need this uh, and Murphy's one of those those calls isn't he really we just have to, like I say have to roll with it but I think having another one doesn't necessarily achieve much I think I'd rather see a bit more width um, now Aaron's looks like he's injured again he looks like he's, he's proven that we can't really rely on having him around for a full season so we need more width we need more width options um, and that's where the McManaman and we've been linked with his Atsu from from Chelsea, which I understand looks pretty much done and dusted. But um, I, I think that's where I'd rather see we strengthen personally. What um, do you think on this this um, Atsu um, when it comes so when it comes to Atsu and McManaman? Like I like McManaman because you know he'll go at you. He's a bit of a dirty bugger as well. But um, what's your thoughts on them two? Because I haven't heard much about that young lad from Chelsea, and he's gone on loan. He's gone to various clubs, hasn't pulled up any trees, um, but he's got pace. But what's 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 your take on both of them two? <laughs> well, sure. it's almost like the uh, the club are being linked to somebody, you know, who <laughs> who were who were sort of like half decent names, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. it's it's you know, actually we all know about, and it looks obviously like a that would be an interesting and good signing. But they must have done some homework on him. You wouldn't just bring in somebody who can't get, you know, who 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 can't get a game because he's not, because there's something wrong with him or something like that. So they must, you know, he, they must know something that he, he, he can be quite an impact player. They must know about that. McManaman, um, you know, I haven't, I have to admit, I haven't seen much of him since the time when obviously he he made quite what was it a tackle was it and um, yeah and, yeah, I, yeah and also when he sort of like, he had like, you know a good season where he sort of you know went past people and he thought yeah, yeah he looks good but again I'm not I'm not entirely sure what more they would add to to the the team I'd rather see 
you know, Rafa making a concerted effort or whoever making a concerted effort, actually, now to start, if they're good enough, obviously, and I think the championship's probably a good level, to start bringing through the, the kind of some one or two of the academy players. Mm. I think this is probably a good time to, to do that and have a good mix. And, you know, because I think if you do have just a few too many new players, it just mm. takes that little bit longer to to um, you know form form a bond and one or two of them might be disruptive you never quite know so I think you know at, what, at this level at this point where the number of players he's got I think it's to be fair I think it's fine yeah mm. well I think the academy's been the weak link hasn't it for a number of years and I think that was the first sign that Rafa might be staying was towards the end of last season apparently he went into the academy and made quite sweeping changes and, and so um I think it's something he obviously does have in mind because he used the, the Melwood Academy to good effect at, at Liverpool and he's going to want to do the same here. Um, he, he seems keen on Sterry. That's one name that's certainly been thrust forward. Um, obviously, Aarons has been used. Um, but we need to deliver more and I think until we deliver or are in a position to deliver more of our own, perhaps he feels like we need to, I just add a couple of players, you're right, this might be the level at which the blood a few, does Armstrong get a bit of a look in? Um, and if if he stays and doesn't go out on again, how do we use him? What role do we use him in? Because um, he certainly did well at Coventry and he can certainly bang the goals in for at, at, at age level for England. So um, there's a lot of questions like that would would need answered in some respects um, use of the academy has long been a bugbear for me uh, because frankly we don't use the most of local talent I've seen too much local talent end up with Sunderland and Middlesbrough's academies because our academy was too busy uh, disappearing up its own backside to actually put the hard work in to attract these, these young players you know I've watched when I was back in the UK watching youth, youth games both in Northumberland and Durham County FA level and so how many of them then disappear to Wearside and Teesside it's quite quite a shame really it's shocking um, and so that all needs addressed that that ability to progress um, the door needs to be ajar not slammed shut because it seems to have been slammed shut for years yeah I think that Armstrong he, I don't think he's 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 been given a couple of minutes here and there what's your thoughts on him because to me I, I just think he, he needs to be he needs to play a bit more. I think you're probably right. I think, did I, was it Fulham that he came on the first mm. game? Yeah. Um, mm. He came on for a bit. I think, it was, I think he made a couple of decisions which were a bit panicky. Mm. It's almost like, I think, if you, yeah, you're right. I think he does need to be given more time and, and to mature into a player who could go up a level, who could go up to the championship standard and Premier League standard. He needs to, at times I feel that he makes quite snap decisions I'm going to shoot instead of actually thinking is it better to pass to a teammate or be a bit more patient I think he's looking for that quick impact and that obviously doesn't work at that level or the the higher levels and I think Fulham I think he did that and um, it's, it's, it's a hope that he does become and does progress and learns very fast and I think well, the best thing Rafik could do is actually keep him because he's done that loan spell. And I think he needs to make... Because the only way he could obviously learn is by making mistakes and like harsh lessons as well. And hopefully Rafik's the kind of guy that not only gives people hugs but also gives them, you know, kick up to the backside. 
and um, and hopefully he will will learn. You know, the like like so bringing in like maybe uh, you know Daryl Murphy or whatever. Uh, you know, the sort of more mature player who might you know might help him. Um, and you know, and obviously having Rafa there will obviously help him as well. But I'd rather see him stay and you know try to take his chance and work hard and try and get because these sort of opportunities now with obviously if there are injuries like there have been recently in the forward line these are the times you know if you do get a chance you know take you take your chance mm-hmm. and so i think you know rafa should hopefully he will stay um and not not be loaned out but um you know remains to be seen yeah i think um i think that actually when it comes to the transfer stories it, it looking at obviously we have to talk about Sunderland but um, what's your thoughts on them because if you look at the, like Joe Hart's being linked with them I, I would be astonished if he came to Sunderland to be honest because you'll, you'll be living in Newcastle but like what's your thoughts on, on him because there's, there's so many links going to be going on but for Sunderland they, they, they're starting to buy now uh, and they got a good result the weekend but What's your thoughts on them? Because they are always going to be near the relegation zone and they haven't got the, the added six points they normally get from us. Mm. Sorry, Andrew, who did you say they were linked with? Uh, they were linked Joe Hart. All oh, right. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I might, might have laughed. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, well, I think what fascinated me was about two weeks or whatever, Moy said, oh, we're going to be in a relegation scrap. <laughs> thanks if I was a Sunderland fan I would go straight away thanks for that Moisey um, that's great optimism there I mean it's not even you don't even need to be stupidly optimistic unrealistically optimistic but being too realistic I mean that's not great is it if you're just going to say and you know with Moisey there's not really much kidology either I think you know when he does say something he probably means it because, and there probably will be in a relegation scrap but you, that, that sort of team they need to be you know, G'd up because they know if you're going to do what you, you know, say a Leicester did or whatever, well, not, not obviously to that extent, but perform as a team, mm. you need some a manager there who's, you know, a great motivator. And I think Moisey's an extremely, probably a very good kick up the arse and a tactician, but not a good, as in, you wouldn't, uh, what I mean, obviously, I don't know him personally, but he doesn't strike me as a guy who would treat every single player individually differently to their needs. You know, you know, cater to their needs. He's he's very much, I think, a straight down the middle disciplinarian. You do this, that, you know, and all that. It's all very structured, and you know, let's just obviously wait and wait and see. Um, Joe Hart to Sunderland, though. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's ridiculous, I think. Um, I saw Sky Sports more or less saying out of all the, the deals that you could see him go on, if, if, if needs must, it would be Sunderland because obviously you play every week. And mm. I would have, But I, I, with Joe Hart, I don't know what you think, Neil, but he, to me, he hasn't earned that shirt in Man City, for sure. I don't think he ever... He hasn't, for, for, for England, he's, been, he's had it far too easy. And I think he needs to go abroad to, to you know, get used to a different, get used to different situations, different, you know, instead of having an easy life. I, I think for me, it, it's just a simple case of this: is the manager doesn't fancy him. Sometimes a manager comes into a club and says, 
this this guy's not for me doesn't fit with my ethos my philosophy the way i want to play whatever um guardiola wants this kind of uh sweeper keeper type of role um which is, for me is nothing new in football there have been keepers like that in the past we had a great one he was called pavel cernicek mm-hmm. um it, 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 he then has a, a dilemma he's England's number one uh, keeper with Chris back at hands um, yeah. I worry about him at an international level that he makes too many mistakes like that um, you're right he needs a run in the team and he needs a bit of confidence perhaps that's what it's all about although if you look at him before the games in the European Championships the way he was hollering and bowling and shouting the odds before the games kicked off I'd, I'd wonder if confidence is it something in short supply for him or not. Um, will he go to Sunderland? Um, I, I don't see why he wouldn't if he's serious about playing every week mm-hmm. and about getting his England place back. Um, because you can guarantee, I would say, he's better than the, the choice of keepers they've got there. He'd walk into that side. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand Man City are prepared to pay something like 60-70% of his wages to get him off their books even mm. um, so he wouldn't even be a big hit on the wages front in relative terms um, will he want to go to, I, I would have thought he, there would be interest from other clubs uh, for Joe Hart and I think abroad might be an option for him uh, one thing's for sure his future is not at Man City mm. uh, and that will Im- impact on his England credentials um, I would say the next next cab off the rank is Fraser Foster, who has Im- improved immensely at Southampton uh, from the young man that I used to berate in the reserves quite often because I didn't think he could kick a ball for Toffee. Um, uh, when him and Krull were coming through the, 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 the reserve ranks together, they were pretty much neck and neck, but everything that the one thing that stood out was was that Krull's kicking was way better than, than Forster's. Now, that's that's totally the other way around for me now, as things have transpired. Um, but he was quite immobile and quite poor with his feet. Um, but I, I think he's, he's come on a tremendous amount at, uh, at Southampton. And fair play to the lad, he's put the work in and he deserves applauds. And I think... Um, if if, Ma- if Joe Hart is not the man for Pep Guardiola and he stays at Man City, then he shouldn't be in the England side. It's as simple as that for me. Mm. I agree. Mm. I think um, the, 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 the worst thing you can say for Sun... Uh, if you look at Middlesbrough, it's a totally different uh, situation, isn't it? They, they seem to be... They've, they've, they've got a, a new player in, uh, which is I think is a great signing, Callum Chambers for Middlesbrough, and they've been a breath of fresh air. Uh, being, you know, one of the two northeast teams left left in the Premiership, aren't they? They've always had a, quite a bit of a soft spot for Hesborough. Um, mm. You know, it's, it, I correct, again, he seems like a decent fella, a nice, a nice guy. And the, the Negredo signing, I mean, that was extraordinary. I thought, that's a really good sign. You know, they've, mm. they've done well there. I mean, they've obviously made good signings in the past, sort of um, stellar signings in the past, but... This one, I think, is you know really smart signing, and I saw the the the, the not so impressive match against West Brom, but that's fine for them. That's mm. a, you know a great result for them, um, and you know good luck. I think good luck to them. I think you know when teams come up as teams like a Bournemouth or Middlesbrough, and there aren't too many changes. There are some players that they bring in who mm. have decent names. Then they'll carry on for you know a good season. I don't, I don't, I don't see Borough struggling this season. 
I see them picking up points here and there, doing all right at home, and, and sort of a little bit like doing what Bournemouth did, doing enough um, for that until people obviously find them out. And I think Bournemouth might have that bit of a problem this season. But um, uh, yeah, I think you know, you know, good, you know, good luck to them. I, I say it's um, you know Gibson deserves it. I think the the actual team deserve it, and you know Karanka obviously deserves it as well to to not go down as soon as it come up. Mm. It's just the one thing that's interesting with with Mizba, probably the only. Uh, downside with them is that they've got Jordan Rhodes in there and he's on the bench but it's clear that he's not part of the plan is it? But the interesting thing I found is that when you listen to the journalists they never mention it and that's a big story. He's obviously a big um, wage earner as well but obviously they got the money because they're really making this season but um, to me it's surprising because he was one of the players he scored the goals that got them to the Premiership really. We can fall out of favour. I mean, was it? Who who fell out of favour when Newcastle came up first all those years ago? And David Kelly. Yeah, exactly. So it's that sort of <laughs> you can suddenly just not be part of it or look the part. Yeah. Let's just say um, yeah. for the Premier League. Um, and I guess in strikers are normally the first to kind of suffer that because mm. you need somebody of of a deep, really good calibre now in the Premier League, um, and perhaps he's he's not. So, um, but uh, which is possibly the reason why he's not been up, let's just say, earlier, because he's always oh he's banging these goals in in the championship, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but never, you know, nobody really took that much of a gamble. He's always linked with people that didn't really, a bit like um, Charlie Austin in that sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, which I'll see. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's I think with the, the transfer window, you know, coming to a conclusion on Wednesday. There's so many massive stories still still to come out, and uh, the one player that you kind of feel sorry for, but you, it's a bit of a laugh at the same time, is Barry Hino. <laughs> where, where do you think he's going to go? <laughs> um, well, it's, it's almost like a sort of like Sissoko situation, but linked with loads of clubs. He could go there, he could go here, he could go there, and you sort of realise, right? Teams are, other teams are wondering the reason why they're probably not. I mean, obviously, he was close to joining Tottenham. But, um, you know, there must be teams sort of half think. Uh, it seems like Berahina and Soko are the, um, and I mean this in the, <laughs> in the nicest sense, are the, are the quarter to three <laughs> in the morning <laughs> um, so signings. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the ones on the hastily sent fax. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the ones at quarter to three that you look at a bit bleary-eyed thinking, all right, it'll do. Um, and that is what seems like the likes of Marino and Sissoko are. So I can see, that again, those sagas going on to, I think it's 11 o'clock deadline, isn't it? So yeah. those those sagas going on a little bit. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I think Pulis wants to bring in I think five players or something, so it might be mm-hmm. a little bit of bartering as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, and that's he's he's good, but I mean, is he really that good? I mean, you know, the, the Premier League, the, the striking talent is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And does he fit in among them again? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's gonna. It's good. I think the next couple of days gonna be interesting. Sorry, go ahead. Nick. 
if he was that good, someone would have already signed him. Yeah. It, it, for me, it's that simple. If he was really that good, somebody would have snapped West Brom's hands off when he was he was throwing his toys out the cot, and they didn't. Uh, and then the closest people, ironically, were us. Um, and and I, I believe McLaren couldn't persuade, thankfully, the club to spend that amount of money at that time. Um, because I'd, if he was all that, he'd already been somewhere. And as Sash quite rightly right, says, sometimes <laughs> strikers get found out at that very top level, mm. where you, you, you've got to have that finish first time. You can't take the extra touch. You don't get that extra half a second. It, 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 the, the, the margins are, are minute, but they're massive in other respects. And that's what makes the difference between a good player and a great player and a world-class player. Um, those, those little fine margins that you and I, to you and I sometimes are imperceptible. You know, it's the known when to move equally, the known when not to move, when to stand still and let other people move around you and that creates space for you. It's all those little things that some of them I don't think you can train into players. Some of them it's there or it's not. Um, and if a player was that good, he'd already be signed. In this modern game, where there's so much money to be had and so much money being chucked around as we speak, nah, he'd have been gone already. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a perfect example of maybe on stature. If you look at someone like Aguero, he never stops. He just never stops. Yeah, he's running nonstop. He's an absolutely phenomenal. I mean, that is, and then you get the goals through that because I mean, he's just got—he's just an extraordinary talent. And you know, Berahino is clearly half. You know, it's half if that the the guy who you know Sergio Aguero is, and so. That's that's your standard. That's that, that's you know that's the standard that you you have to look at. And um, yeah, I mean you know he's 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 nowhere near that. Well, thanks for coming on, Sarge. It's been a pleasure having on you as ever. And uh, we'll obviously we'll we'll be in touch later in the season to get you back on. But thanks for coming on this, this evening. It's been fabulous. Thanks very much. Thank you, Sarge. Take care. Okay. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. It was great to have Sarge on. He's got just the way he talks about football and you know the nuances of it. It's always it's always great, isn't it? Straightforward. I, I wish I actually had, wish I got a chance to ask him about the social media side of things in Newcastle because I know that's something that he's done with the BBC. Um, it would have been interesting to see hear, hear how he thought how things had changed. But mm. uh, but no, very insightful, typical, straightforward. Yeah, it's it's always good crack on doing talk. <laughs> We've opened, the next person online is Steve Hasey from Newcastle's Fans Forum. Good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Lovely sunny Monday. Makes a change <laughs> from yesterday where it never stopped raining. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. <laughs> but like, so tell I me. Don't know, uh, it was 40 odd degrees, yeah. <laughs> uh, there we go. I, it was 10 <laughs> seconds, that's all it took them. <laughs> Had the hood so down on the car. It was fabulous. <laughs> so, so obviously we're going to talk about Newcastle and what happened the weekend and what the transfers. Uh, but Neil mentioned there that um, you you may have had a chat with um, Rafa as well. Let let us know how that went, and we'll we'll talk about um, the game and then get to transfers. Yes, I did. I was lucky enough to uh, to be invited uh, to St James's Park and uh, actually. Spent some time talking to Rafa about uh, after the game, after he'd done his, his nice. press piece, um, and uh, very, very interesting, very insightful. Um, what a what a guy in terms of you know what he's what he's doing at Newcastle and what he wants to do. And he, you know, just just being able to talk through, you know, saying to him, you know, the first 25 minutes we kept the ball, we did really well. 
um, were really impressed just you know in in conversation and then Rafa coming back and saying yeah but uh, then we let it go and you know mm. uh, I expect players when you mention certain players you say oh thought so and so did well and it was yeah he did but he needs to do that 20 times not one time and things like that and you get you suddenly start to develop an idea of that this man's ultra professionalism in terms of of uh, what he's looking for and what he looks for from from his players and what his expectations are and uh, you know what it, it must be great being coached by a bloke like that but it must be a nightmare as well because he's a perfectionist there's no question about that and if you do something do something well he'll expect you the next time to also do it well or to do it even better and better and he's always setting the targets he's always setting the goals and uh, you know he's expecting the players to, to, to match up to it you know but it was great to, to just we, we talked to him about the, the fact that for the first time this season we'd seen playing one touch football and um, you know the way that the team was lined up uh, and, the, and the speed that we were moving the ball around in that first 25 and uh, he came back to us and actually said, "Well, you'll have noticed, for example, that in this game, Mbemba didn't move forward. He didn't. He didn't mm-hmm. start stepping into the, into the uh, that zone, um, if you like, where you know he's because he's not he's not got anything else to do. That he, he wants to take the ball and, and move forward and, and join the attack." He said, "That was part of our game plan for him not to do that because we thought that their game plan would be to play the ball through our back four and over the top so he wanted his five-man midfield to be nice and solid and to play the ball around their midfield and not give them the opportunity because then he wasn't having uh, Lascelles and Mbemba stepping forward he wanted them to remain so he had his midfield working tightly as a unit and he also said you know he, did, he, he said to them the other reason being of course that he didn't want the long ball going forward because he didn't want what what was basically an exposed centre forward who is not the sort of centre forward who's going to you know be able to work on the long ball and the ball coming in the air. So he, he had it all mapped out and he says and it worked and it, it, it worked for him. Then after that we had Chris Hooten who came in and, and Chris said uh, you know he would settle for, for finishing second this season because he thinks he, he Newcastle are going to be there or thereabouts naturally. Um, and his goal now is to uh, is alongside Newcastle to finish in the top two, <laughs> and he said he would be happy if he finished second, <laughs> which was was great, you know. And but again, it showed there when we're talking to Chris that the modesty of, of the man, you know, it was only a very very uh, very short period of time that Chris was in the room, but uh, in that in that few moments that he was there, you you remembered what a, a, a wonderful, warm, gracious, uh, generous sort of uh, gentleman that uh, that Chris is. Um, from our time when he when he took this up the last time. Yeah. Mm. Well, well, I mean, I know from the messages I received uh, from both my, my dad and Steve uh, that I woke up to the other morning, which made me feel so good to be over here and not there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's quite obvious that the, that graciousness of Hutton was picked up on. Um, that both managers came across as genuine professional individuals, that everybody seemed enraptured with Rafa. Uh, I gather that Supermac in the room, and apparently he was hanging off every word. Absolutely, um, absolutely. as we all and, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. And, and such is the power of the, of the man that everybody seems to just buy into the project. Um, and, and, and this did did that come across in your chat with him at all? Did did, did the project word make an appearance? Uh, it didn't, though. Rafa, Rafa does That's things, interesting. Yeah, I think Rafa does things game by game. 
He looks at a mm. game, he analyzes a game, he has a plan that he expects to work through during the game, and he has ways and means of making sure that the plan works. He, he makes decisions uh, beforehand on, on what his expectations are. And, you know, I mean, he, he said it in the press that, you know, he had difficult decisions to make because Carl Darlow had had a very good game in midweek. But he had a difficult decision to make. And, and he made that decision, which was that Sells played. Sells had a, a very decent game, actually. Um, mm. In fact, I think one of us said, you know, Sells came out and he, you know, he, he punched, you know, a few clear and came out for the crosses and cleared the ball. Um, and Rafa said, yeah, but he did it with two hands. I want him to do it with one. <laughs> so, so, the, so the poor, the poor goalkeeper has gone off the pitch and probably the first thing that's happened to him is that he's been told, next time you've got to start punching the ball with one hand. You shouldn't be, you'll get much further if you punch it with one hand than you will with two. That's the observation that he's making during the game. You know, That's how, mm. how much he sees from the touchline. Things that we... We wouldn't never consider, you know, or, or some of us might not consider because we're concentrating on the game uh, in in the round, if you like. But he's he's got that, certain things that from each that player little, that he's looking for, you know. That little notepad of his must be full of some little gems, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as opposed to Alan Pardew's pad, which I think was a shopping list, <laughs> or some or some woman's phone with some a list of phone numbers of ladies he's met the evening before. I'm not sure which. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think you also you also get the, you know that the, the team around them you know they've all bought into it they all buy into it mm. but he buys into them as well they have responsibilities uh, they're, they're again you know real warm gracious gentlemen among among that squad behind the scenes who make everybody that they meet feel as though that they're, they're welcome and that they you know that you said part of a project the word was never used but you can imagine that, that you know they, they are they've bought into it and everybody is. But the whole, I think that's coming across the whole club, you know, um, mm. right the way through. There's a there's a whole sea change of of, uh, of just warmth and feeling, and you know, you're chatting to the stewards, and they've got smiles on their faces. You're chatting to some of the staff, the girl who comes round selling the tickets, you know, that like you can see them. They're not doing out of you know. Last season there was a sort of like oh you know a grudgery around around things or a, or a, a bit of negativity. Um, you know, everybody seemed to be under pressure right the way across. Different now, the clubs. The club seems such a such a totally different place. The smiles on the faces of everybody that you bump into. Everybody want, is is wants to be. You know, is everything all right? How are you doing when you're in that in that uh, corporate area? That, that you know, they're bending over backwards virtually to to make sure that you're having a good time and and that you're enjoying yourself and that you you know you you you're part of something. You know, and it was it was great, but. The fact that you could you could chat to, to Rafa in the manner that you did for you know twenty twenty five minutes and, and just talking about the game, and in that twenty five minutes you learned so much. You know, um, it's a bit like when he was at the fans forum and I said you know it was it was great to meet you at the fans forum and you remembered and and said yeah was, you know but that's what that's what it's about you know your 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 support as you, you are you are what we're here for you know brilliant absolutely brilliant. God, it sounds wonderful, mm-hmm. this chat. I'm surprised I wasn't invited, but it's it's amazing how the fact that the 20 minutes that you had, that everything that we've thought of and seems to be happening in the whole club and obviously linked to transfers, and uh, the, the one thing he's brought in, if I remember rightly, is that when a player signs, they're now allocated a, um, a person um, to make sure they settle in correctly. Is that is that right as well? 
I haven't I haven't heard that, Andrew, but I'm sure no, I'm sure it's happened. Do you think that you think that the uh, do you think the first team squad buddy up? Do you think it's a bit like when you're uh, when you were in year six and uh, in the new arrived in year, yeah in, in the reception class and you had a your, your reception class had a buddy in year six? Do you think it's a bit like that? And they, and then <laughs> they follow them and they make sure that they get their dinner right. And they're, they're making sure that they've, they've got the dinner money in their pocket or that the the mums told them that they've got to eat the uh, <laughs> they've got to eat, they've got to eat the, they've got to eat their greens. You know, maybe it's just a bit like that. <laughs> Probably, are, but I, I did hear that previously when. Um, I think when Kevin Nolan was there, when Newcastle, you know, in them days, bought a player, um, that they, you know, the, he was in charge and Steve Harper, and it was actually them that would uh, make themselves available to uh, when any new player came in, that they would take care of it. Uh, but now, since Raph has been but there, there is there is a designated person that uh, for each player. Look, Andrew, pastoral care has long been something I bang the drum about mm. with clubs and that we don't look after players. Mm. A lot of players are just big school kids and that's the way you've got to treat them. You, you talk, uh, it's interesting, we've been, linked at, we've been linked today with Ravel Morrison. Now, I yeah. know one of the coaches from West Ham who's, who's looked after him at West Ham. He comes regularly over here to the UAE and sometimes I meet up with him in Rasakema and we'll go for a drink and, and have a bit of a chat. Um, he talks about Ravel Morrison being the most talented player mm. he's ever had, ever. Mm. And he used to coach players who are now England internationals. Okay? Um, and he still says that Ravel Morrison is, the, is the, the, the one player who can do things that no other player he's ever had can. However, he's also one of the most difficult individuals he's ever had to deal with. Yeah. Um, and, the, and instead of trying to deal with that, they just keep giving him more money, which makes his attitude worse. Um, and so, um, and there's a number of other things I could tell you about, which I won't, in this this um, on in this particular forum. Um, but it it is very difficult to square that circle. How do you deal with the Nile Ranger problem? How do you deal with players? But it also affects senior players. You know, I know we have a goat Marcelino, um, but I know he was left high and dry with family issues. That you know, when he came into the club, speaking not a word of English. Now, if your employer doesn't support you and doesn't back you up, I see that with people who come out here, who pretty much they're not supported by their employers. They're left to their own devices. This is a funny place to get used to living in, and it's a funny place to deal with the bureaucracy and the attitude sometimes. And if somebody's not doing that, are you going to really give 100% for that company, or are you going to look for somebody else who is going to give you the support and help that you need? And so it makes really does make sense when we're paying good money for these individuals to look after them. Because some of them, um, let's look down the road at Jermaine Defoe and his 60,000 a year PA that he advertised for, mm-hmm. um, genuinely can't write their own diaries. Mm-hmm. And that's not a criticism or, a, or, or, or something to throw at them. It's just they're not, it's not in their skill set, <laughs> you know. And so they probably do need somebody allocated to just help them settle in and look after and I think that's a great idea and that should be happening from academy to first team because I mean this lad coming in from Palermo how much English does he speak he's, he's, is he Moroccan um, he's been playing in Sicily um, Christ knows what languages he speaks uh, it's certainly a very different culture coming from Sicily to Tyneside um, he, if he is given the assurances that he can settle in and bed in in a personal way, isn't he going to perform better as a professional on the pitch? I would bloody think so. 
Um, and it's something that we should have been doing for years, and I know we haven't been. Mm-hmm. So um, if that is the case, then, then fair play, more power to the project. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, I think it's difficult in the modern game, like Neil, when, when, and I agree entirely with mm-hmm. what you're saying, but the problem with, with a lot in the modern game now I think, is also the power of the football agent. And mm. the fact that a player, a player won't do anything with a football club unless his agent gives him the nod to do it. It used to be that the manager gave you the nod to do something. Or, you know, the, the manager gave you the, the, the right to, to move on or to, to move house. Or, you know, there used to be used to be houses dotted all over the northeast that, you know, every, people knew, certain people knew were footballers' houses, you know, that the club owned and, and, and the players mm. would go along. But, I mean, I, I remember that there used to be people at the football club because of the nature of footballers, I remember one story of a, of a certain player from not very long ago who rang up uh, the club to say that they, he had a big problem and could, could they send the maintenance man to his house. Um, the lights had gone off and it turned out the bulb had fused, you know, <laughs> the bulb had popped, but the maintenance man had to come. Now, we laughed about it when we first heard it, but then when you think about it, because we've, we've come across it before, Neil, haven't we? You don't want right. a player standing up on a ladder changing a light bulb when he's worth you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty million well, pound, and then he falls absolutely. off, and he lands, and he lands on the uh, on on the cream. Oh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll give you two, two goalkeeping examples. Dave Besant exactly. dropped a jar yeah. of mayonnaise on his foot, and he was That's out for right. bloody weeks. And Richard Wright fell through the loft hatch and dislocated right, his yeah. shoulder, and he was what out was for seven like? months or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we so we laugh in one sense that. Oh, hang on, there's a footballer who doesn't know that the lights are popped, that it's actually the bulb that's gone, but the maintenance man comes around to the club and changes the bulb for him, mm-hmm. and we all go, that's ridiculous. But then you suddenly think to yourself, well, no, that's, <laughs> it's probably quite sensible, you know. But uh, And then you get... Perhaps the, that's what Sam Dion's been doing all the time. Well, perhaps, perhaps, he, he let, yeah. perhaps he had a radio perched on the side of the bath and he let himself <laughs> or something like that, you know. And I think remember that they talked about Marcelino. There was an excellent article in in our fanzine in the popular side a few editions ago. Now, one of the early editions, where one of the mm. guys who uh, his mother knew Marcelino and Marcelino and his family were going through all sorts of difficult yeah. uh, issues with with their children and you know that I think his son and uh, he didn't know how he how he was able to cope with the particular problem that his young son was suffering from. But Marcelino seemed to spend an awful lot of time in Newcastle Central Library. Now, I think that was because that was the only place at the time that he could he could get to to, to find Spanish and read up in mm-hmm. Spanish what he was yep. what he was looking for. There was nobody at the club. He was out with a with a with what turned out to be a really really bad break on his. I think it was his thumb, wasn't it, or his little finger or something like that. One of his fingers. But, I he yeah, almost he lost was, the finger. Was, I gather. That's right. Yeah, and it was it was a really really bad injury. In that respect, but be, you know, people belittled it because of what, yeah, it's only a little digit or something, and he can still kick a ball. But in in his head, he also had so many things going on, you know, in mm. in their personal life. And when you when you're out injured, <laughs> that's when and that, this will be the same with Ravel Morrison. Once he gets off that football pitch, he suddenly thinks, well, what am I going to do? Oh, you know what I'll do? I'll I'll do this. And it's happened to Gaza, hasn't it? You know, I'll go out, I'll buy right. an air rifle, I'll start shooting Jimmy yes. in the back of the bum, you know, or something like that, you know. <laughs> I'll fill it. I'll fill it with old bran or whatever he happened to do, you know. Or I'll, I'll set fire to Jimmy's pants when he's asleep because I'm bored, basically. You know, I'm yeah. like, I don't want to do anything, you know. But it, also, there's an underlying problem that that that, that occurs in 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 his mind, you know. Um, well, does it make sense that Morrison is high up on the? Because obviously, I'm I'm reading now, but. Um, 
that he would be a, a decent fit for Newcastle? For 90 minutes, he might be a decent a decent one for Newcastle. It's what goes on behind the scenes, isn't it? You know, and, yeah. and who, are we to, who are we to say what, what sort of structure the club will put in place to support a player like that? My, my understanding of him is he, he comes with far too much baggage yeah. off the I pitch. And, I mean, and, and, I, and I'm talking stuff that genuinely, um, no amount of Rafa Benitez can fix that. Exactly, exactly. And so, I, I know, I know where you're coming from on that one, Neil. Uh, and and, and, and so he, he's, he's, he, he may be many things, but he's, 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 he's certainly not able to do that. And that was would be what would worry me, as talented as the lad is, because I've got no doubt that this lad that I know that's coached him says you can spend all day with him saying, pass the ball over there and hit that, pass the ball over there and hit that. Do this with the ball. Do that trick. Do this. Then volley it into the top corner, and he'll just do it to to command. Make it look like he doesn't even give a monkeys, and walk off. And when you try and discipline him for something, he looks at you like you're stupid because he's on twenty grand a week, and so he'd throw a twenty quid note at you. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's that's part of the issue, I guess, football wide, with young men giving a lot of money too quick and do really. As Steve says, some of them just get bored. Some of the daft stuff you see footballers getting themselves into, it's because they're bored. They're young men with a lot of money who are bored. Do you know what? Do you know when we had the Brat Pack so-called here? You know, and Kieran Dyer drove his Ferrari into the swing bridge with Julia Walker in the passenger seat. Um, do you think he did anything, any of that of any other reason than he was bored? Because I think he was just bored. <laughs> and, then, and then luckily for Kieran, as, as he said on TV a few weeks ago, um, luckily for him, somebody came up and said, why don't you clear off, mate? I'll take the rap for you. Um, I say I was driving the car. And I think, as he pointed out, the kid who was saying it had, had about eight or ten pints, you know. <laughs> and <he was> <laughs> to, you know, and, and poor Kieran's standing on the side, obviously poor Kieran, but he's standing on the side of the road having just curbed his Ferrari that he can't budge from outside Hanrahan, <laughs> thinking, what am I going to do here, you know? And, and there's always somebody coming like, oh, I'll sort your car out for you, mister, you know. <laughs> Classic, isn't it, you know. There's always somebody to help you. But uh, getting back to the football side of it, I think the, the, the one that's, that's excited me is the young Chelsea winger. And uh, I don't know whether mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. I haven't heard any, any conversation it's about It's agreed. Action. He's just got to come for a... He's, just, he's, the, the, he's due for medical, yeah. The word is yeah. medical tomorrow, yeah. Yes, well, I think when, on Saturday, I was, I was, I was sitting with some other guys who, who did say that... Uh, you know, the, 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 they named three players around the table um, when we were chatting. They, they mm-hmm. felt as though we were, were, were nailed on. Right. Uh, that was one of them. The other two have already signed. <laughs> so oh, <really? laughs> I'll be happy. I'll be happy if if, if Atsu, especially because we've got we've got Aaron who's out for what at least eight weeks Three with months. a metatarsal. Yeah. Um, you can guarantee that that will take him up until Christmas and beyond. And uh, Aaron's doesn't seem the sort of player once he's had an injury that's going to come back quick. You know, I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if it was even before March if uh, some of his previous <laughs> injuries, you know, and fitness problems. We, we need uh, to get him into one of his barometric chambers or something, see if we can improve his healing time. <laughs> well, you know, the, it comes down to the boots, you know, a lot of the time, doesn't it, as well? Because oh, don't get know, me started on oh, boots. It's ridiculous. Don't. It really gets me mad. <laughs> like what, what about what about um, McManaman? What's your thoughts on him? Because I, I like McManaman. I must admit. Well, I, I, you know, again, if he came to Newcastle, I don't know what baggage he carries in terms of if with the fans. I don't know if there'll be certain sections of fans will remember that 
absolutely shocking tackle on Hidara. Um, I don't know whether Mac Manaman, I've, I mean, we've seen him play him at West Brom uh, on match of the day um, on the odd occasion that he's turned out. I don't, I don't think he necessarily is um, a particularly gifted player um, in terms of what we've compared to what we've already got. Um, and Gufran, for me, you know, the performances that Gufran's been putting in have been a revelation. And uh, I think what's interesting is what we've read about from Rafa is that you know what we've got there is a, a truly professional player, you know, a professional, and that's why he's been playing him because that lad, even though he, he's been told that he would be service to requirements, yeah. Rafa has felt confident enough to use Gufran and to play him in the last few games, and he's had performances out of him that he's been satisfied with and that were good enough for him to remain in the team. And I think that's that's symptomatic of the type of player that Rafa. Um, considers players that he can trust on the football field. Perhaps he's seen something in Matt Manaman that, that that he feels can slot in as a good a good uh, a good footballer in terms of being part of the squad because that's what he's got. He's now virtually got as Mourinho has always done at, at Chelsea. He's got 24 players. He's got two teams out there. You know, uh, horses for courses, but replacements, ready-made replacements to come in who are equally as good. So he's developing the competition. Um, for places, you know, I don't necessarily think once you've got the shirt and you're putting in performances that you'll necessarily keep the shirt because mm-hmm. of the size of the squad and because of the number of games. But what he's got is he's got that ability to chop and change. And the reason he chops and changes is because he meticulously studies the opposition and he has a plan that he's going to go into. And if he thinks, for example, in one particular game, I think that that's uh, in the midfield. He needs a bit more mobility than he's getting out of John Joe Shelby, or if he wants to, a game where he wants Shelby to play the long ball, you know, and he'll decide whether it's Shelby or not Shelby. You know, if it's if it's going to be a battle in midfield that's going to last for a full ninety minutes, he's gonna he's gonna select horses for courses. He's gonna select players, and that's why also he's got the likes of Daryl Murphy in, uh, and we've seen what's happened in 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 after the the at the Cheltenham game where we all of a sudden lost two of our strikers. I mean, one of them shouldn't have even been on the pitch and only went on to replace someone who was injured and then he came off as well. He was injured. Uh, he, he nearly came off against Cheltenham, um, but because of, of other, the other means, it looked like he wasn't going to. So Raf has making sure, you know what, I can see a problem occurring there because we've got, we're gonna, we, this league is a lot more physical than some of our players think it is. So I'm going to make sure, if necessary, I'm going to have a Daryl Murphy up front and a Mitrovic, or I'm going to have a Mitrovic alongside um, Gale, or I'm going to have a, a speedy twosome in Gale and Perez because they're mobile, you know, and, and he's looking and he'll, he'll select the team based on who he's playing, you know. And I, I think it's fascinating for Newcastle fans because it's it's almost back to, you know, a proper a proper manager in the in the probably we haven't seen because I don't think Bobby went horse, courses for courses. I think Bobby had his favourites that he played, and it, and that's the system that worked for him. You know, he he knew, and it, and of course he was in the Premier League at the time, and he had he had the likes of Shearer and people like that who you know he could rely on Solano etc. Uh, who were almost regulars. Although even Solano, uh, Neil, you'll you'll vouch for this one. It always seemed to be Solano that got substituted first, oh, yeah. didn't it? You know, if you saw anyone moving on the touchline, you knew it was going to be Nobby off first. You know. Well, what's your thoughts on uh, on Shelby? It was a great goal, wasn't it? Um, it was. But I think, but the great thing for all Newcastle United fans, if a player doesn't play well, we've got such 
a good, a, you know, he's building up such a good squad. They can take them out, put somebody else in. I think it's really energised for the whole fan base as well because, you know, for years, you know, look at Sissoko, no matter what, how he played, he, he always played, didn't he? Didn't he? Even if he was anonymous. And it's the same as Juan Alden last season. He, he always played. So at least now there's a new market down. But, um, and I think with regards to Shelby, Shelby had uh, brought his own chef up with him, didn't he? Um, yeah. From when he was at Swansea. So at least on that side of it, but I'm not particularly a fan of Shelby as, as a player because he can bring lots of things. But what was your take on she- on, on the Shelby situation? Because I think he'll be in and out too. I think he scored, he scored a great goal. He took the free kick beautifully. You know, absolutely. As soon as he hit it, everybody just, wow, it's in, you know. I didn't expect him to take it. Actually, I thought it was going to be Richie yeah. that was going to throw it in. They were looking at each other yeah. and he obviously saw and went for it. But what... what Shelby was the way Shelby was playing on on the Saturday. He was he was there. He was making himself available. Something he doesn't necessarily always do. He was a, he was a little bit further forward, and he was getting he was given time to, to to look up when he needed to. He played some beautiful cross field passes, but there were cross field passes that were quite decisive, as opposed to the long hopefully at the yard as he was he was spreading the ball around. He was getting getting the movement uh, flowing on both sides, but we kept the ball so well in that in that first 20, 25 minutes. They you know, they, they couldn't live with us. Mm. Um but then it was only natural that they were gonna have times in the game uh, where they were they were gonna look as though they, they could do some but other than other than a, a couple of scrambled letters, there was nothing really that you you know, during that game where you felt you know, this pressure that they're putting on is gonna result in a goal. We always seem to be playing and within ourselves, I thought, mm, and I thought okay. that we, we, I thought we're professionally, you know, we're, we're putting a putting a great performance, and uh, and and then you know, Shel, like you're right, Shelby's going to be one of those places, players that might be in and out. He might suddenly cement himself in the team and become irreplaceable. You know, uh, it, it, we, we we'll wait and see. Um, but Rafa's he'll be working on them all the time, all the time. You know. Um, and I think I said uh, on, on on Friday when I was chatting to someone, I said he named a squad of twenty, and it, the team ended up roughly what the team that we thought it was going to be. But on Friday night, there was only one name on that list, <laughs> a team sheet for me, and that was Perez, and that was because it was the only striker I had. And yeah. apart from that, I didn't know everyone else has been in and out. You know, uh, I think Richie's the only one who. who you could turn around and go, you know what? Uh, he's he's a nailed on her when he's when he's fit, because yeah. if you look right across the back four, he's changed it. You look across the midfield, he's changed it. You look across his strikers, well, he only had the one to choose from. And I was thinking, who are the twenty? Who's going to play left back? Who's going to play right back? Which central defensive partnership is he going to go for? You know, as it happened, he went for the one that that quite a lot of lads put on Twitter. You know, and I said, well, this is going to be this would be the what we think is the strongest one. Out of out of the squad at the moment, you know, and and the lads got it right. I was it was, it was I was amazed, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I I could only see the one name. I could only see Perez on the team sheet, and I wasn't prepared on Friday night to even you know uh, come anywhere close to to selecting my eleven because I just thought it's going to be it's, it's going to be totally different across the back four and the midfield, you know. So who do you think? Before I bring Lee's the next caller, so tell me um, who do you think? If players are going to be coming in before Wednesday, you've got one minute. Um, I think Atsu is probably going to come in. I think yeah. I said, you know, there's a medical booked in, and I think that. I think I wouldn't be surprised if there was a big surprise. 
you know, it, it, it's someone that, that that completely came from left field. That, that mm. I still would not surprise me uh, one iota with Newcastle United. Um, they're in credit in terms of their transfer deal, and yeah. they haven't spent any money. You know, they're not they're not in the black in terms of their mm. transfers yet. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me. There's, Sissoko's still there, whether they'll do a swap yeah. deal. Um, Tioti, Tioti's going to be back because he's failed his medical over in, in Turkey, you know. Um, and no doubt that uh, it sounds like a, a problem with the cartilage. So that sounds like he's going to have to come back and go back under mm-hmm. medical supervision for that one. So um, there's, there's probably no money coming in on, on that deal. Um, except this McCarthy thing's got me interested. I don't know whether whether there's any scope. I know we spoke on Twitter earlier on, mm-hmm. um, whether the a swap partial swap deal there um, with Everton, um, or whether he's going to end up with Tottenham, uh, Sissoko, or whether he'll end up staying. And you know what? If Sissoko stays, if he's if he's back, uh, you, you've, he's, he's in the squad. He's, he's he's part of it, and Rafa would be expecting that. And I think we'll certainly find that. First game on, Rafa will have him back in if he's still there, you know. <laughs> right, because well, he can't soon. afford not to use him, you know. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for coming on, Steve. It's been a pleasure. No, ever. Catch, you, Cheers, catch you next time when we're playing. <laughs> take, right, take care, guys. Cheers, mate. Take care. Yeah, take Bye-bye. care. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Well, great to have Steve on as ever. Uh, great to right. hear that the conversation you had with Rafa. I, had, I was engrossed by that. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, like I say, I, I woke up the... Uh, I knew they'd been been in, invited in because uh, I'd had a, a, a message off my dad, and I'd I'd gone to bed, um, and then woke up the next morning to this stream of messages and pictures, and it's like, all right, okay, so yeah, no, I had me, had <laughs> so very you, you had a good night Amazing. then, <laughs> exactly. Well, I've got to bring in my next caller of the night, and that's Lee Johnson calling from the, the lovely Chester Street. Good evening. Hello, mate. How are I'm not too bad. How are you? Yes, everything's rosy. Good, good, good. So tell me, obviously lots of things to talk about tonight, but um, what was your thoughts on, on the performance and obviously the, the the goals from Shelby and the transfers coming up, we'll get that in a minute, but uh, plus the great thing is that um, a few of the fans' phone are being taken into the after the match and talking with Rafa. It's, it's, it's tremendous all around, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a totally different feeling um, within the club at this moment in time. That's clear to see. Regardless of the first two uh, games of the season, obviously, when we lost them both. I mean, when I walked up to the game, my first game against uh, Redden the other week, my dad was with us, and my dad said, hey, it's weird walking up here. There's such a positive vibe, and we've lost our first two games of the season. And obviously, we've got that result, and it's kind of continued and on, and I didn't really actually realise how good Brighton's um, record was going into that particular game and bar the playoff defeats. I think I think it was something like 17 games unbeaten. Oh. Um, apart from the, two, the playoff game, obviously, when they never got promoted. But, you know, they, they were robotic and well-organised. They're hard to beat. And um, to be honest with it, to be honest with you, we dismantled them. We should have... We, we would have, if we had Gil or Mitrovic, I think, beaten them by a lot more because um, there was a 20-minute spell in the first half where we moved the ball moved the ball around that couldn't live with us. Um, and if we just had someone kind of on the end of it, I think we would have I think we would have been 2-3-4-0 up at half-time and there was kind of no coming back from it. And, you know, when we had to get down in dirty second half and they had a little bit of a spell, it didn't look like they were going to break us down. And I was pleased for the goalkeeper. He made two key saves in the game, one in the first half at 1-0. And also one right near the end, and the game was pretty much over. So all in all, 
it's been certainly a good 14 days for us and um, going into the international break and the transfer window closing tomorrow, I expect big things. What was, it, what was your thoughts on Knockout? Because he obviously he's been linked with Newcastle and I thought every single ball, every time he's on the ball, he creates so much problems. And I think I think a lot of us noticed that every time he had the ball, there was two, of, two Newcastle players on him all the time. But he looks a real threat. And like I must admit, when you look at who are going to be buying players, bringing him, you know, Newcastle bid ten million for him. Uh, he looks like a, a game changer to me. Like I would have probably paid fifteen million just to get him in. Uh, to be honest with you, Andrew, I mean, in the game, yes, I, I think everything that was dangerous about about Brighton kind of went through him. But Paul Drummond didn't really give him much of a kick, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, he hit the he hit the ball. Would I be spending? Would I be spending ten, fifteen million pounds on? How old is he? Do you know how old is he out of interest? Do you know, uh, Neil might know that one. I don't know actually. Off the top of my head, I don't. But uh, um, well, I'd be spending ten, fifteen million on him after what I've seen on Saturday. You know, like, Jesus, I can't believe I'm going to actually say this, but um, <laughs> Rafa's uh, unpodued uh, good fan. So um, he's. he's He's 24, Lee. 24, He's 24, 12, 24, I suppose 10 million to 15 million pound if, if, he, if, he's a, if he is what people say. And if that was the first time I've seen him, I suppose it would be a sound investment. Um, but I suppose whether, whether Rafa believes if he's spending that kind of money on him, is he going to be any kind of better if we get, if we get promoted, which ultimately is our aim. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're getting linked with other other wingers today. One who's not very popular. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd spend ten or fifteen million on him just based on what I've seen on Saturday. But I, I, I haven't really seen him enough, if I'm honest, Andrew. Yeah, he just he just looks tricky. He looks determined for a player. Every single time he had that ball, he wanted to make Newcastle work. And the interesting mm-hmm. thing about Dummett, it with the increased competition coming in. Um, being lined up, especially with the, the left back. Like I've never heard of Lazar before. No. Uh, Neil, what, what, uh, have you heard about him? Because um, no, you know, no. But I've spoke to a guy. I've got a pal over here who's um, who's an Italian who's a fan of Pisa, um, and he knows plenty about him. And he's he said two seasons ago the lad was outstanding, uh, and uh, Palermo had him on loan. And that was what made them sign him. He had a, he had a, a season where he would just looked everything you'd want a left back to be: good in the tackle, um, good defend, defensive, really good attacking. Scored seven goals, I think, for Palermo uh, that season. Um, and that last season, he didn't have quite such an impact. But um, uh, he was surprised to see, see uh, that he came to Newcastle. No disrespect to us, he said. Mm-hmm. Just he thought he would go to a Premiership team. Uh, and, and, and so he, he thinks he's quite a good signing. Uh, he says that Palermo are a, a club looking to, to move players on for maximum profit, that, that they're just to generate profit for the owners, and, that, and, and that's about it. Um, but yeah, he, he had quite a lot of good things to say about him. So what do you think, Lee, about uh, Atsu and obviously the link McManaman? I think you know we all we all go back to the same subject of that tackle. But like um, I've never seen Atsu playing. And I think people just reading on social media that people, a lot of people, can't believe that Chelsea are allowing Atsu to to leave. Have you got any thoughts on him? And then obviously we'll get to McManaman. 
Well, I haven't seen that kid that you're, that you're talking about there. Um, but if I suppose if Chelsea fans are disappointed that, he, that they're allowing him to leave to come on loan, that can only be a good thing, really. Mm. I suppose he's at Chelsea for a reason. Um, or Chelsea have took him for a reason. So I would imagine if Rafa believes he can do a job for us in the Championship, he'll be able to do a job for us in the Championship. And the more options we have, the better. That's one thing we've kind of lacked a little bit, balance. And you just touched on competition there. You touched on Paul, Paul Dunn probably having his best game of the season against Brighton's most dangerous player on Saturday. Uh, and, and, it, and, it, and it was pretty much on the eve of us signing a new left-back. So well, with the new left-back sitting in the stands, and he must have well, been with the, Yeah. That's it, and that's what we want. I mean, I'm hearing people going on left. Uh, your couple fans, you kind of women, your couple fans. Oh, we're signing too many players. Don't be so <laughs> bloody stupid. I know, I saw that. Like, I saw you. We've been whinging for bloody years, man. We've never had a competition for places. This is what you want. This is what you want. It, it doesn't matter what league you're in. All the best sides have um, competition for places. They have two players for every bloody position. Mm. So if we have two players for every bloody position, that will obviously it'll in, it'll increase the competition. It'll make the players more determined to keep the shirt because ultimately. The professional footballer wants to play on a Saturday. Mm. They want to play on a Saturday. And that's the minimum limb. Uh, look, I've got no problem with it. That tackle on Hydara happened four or five years ago now. Um, at the time, it was handled terribly by one, the referee, and then two, by um, Martinez and the chairman, um, Dave Whelan. You know, they were coming out and seeing some absolutely crazy stuff. And, it was de- and if it was dealt with at the time correctly by those particular people, and there might have not been a hoo-ha. If the referee had sent them off, the, it probably just went away, but it didn't. Yeah. Uh, the, the last time I actually seen Callum McManaman play was, in, of any relevance, was against Man City in the um, FA Cup final when Wigan beat them and won 1-0. And he absolutely tore Wigan mm-hmm. and Man City apart. He absolutely mm-hmm. tore them apart. And I haven't really seen him much there from then, to be honest. And he's still... At, the other, well, when we got linked with him, I kind of looked. I thought, oh, he, he can't be that old. And he's only 25, 25. and he's aggressive, he's quick, he's direct. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if Rafa sees something in him, if he, come, if he signs for us, I suppose he's going to have to hit the ground running uh, because a lot of fans are a bit, oh, no, 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 no. But I, I certainly don't have any problems if Rafa believes he'll create competition within the team. I think that's what we need, and I think you're starting to see within the side that players are looking to try and keep their shirt. John Joe Shelby's performance on on Saturday again would highlight that. You know, he's been a little bit in and out, but on Saturday he kind of put a he put a marker down to say, right, Rafa, I want the shirt. I'm going to stay in this team. You know, dropping me when we get back playing against Derby. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the, the interesting thing about um, the performance. And then, obviously, the transfer rumours coming in. I think the good thing about Shelby, you know, he, he looks like he, he needs somebody to get amongst him. I think he's he's one of these players that, like I think Neil, we've heard last season, he? he goes to training, has a bad training session, and affects his whole mentality, isn't it, Neil? Yeah. And he just seems to, and he needs somebody to believe in him, right, Neil? Well, some some it comes back to the age old adage that some players need a cuddle, some players need to feel that they're, they're the best thing ever, and that and and that some people as well though it it can be something you turn to a positive that if he has a bad training session and he gets down on himself is how do you then turn that to make him motivated to actually get better and use that as a positive rather than a negative. Um, it, it, 
you're handling complex situations. New footballers are not necessarily simple people these days. Um, sometimes they are like school kids, but sometimes they're like they, they, they seem so tough. Yet they, it's just a veneer, and once you crack it underneath, they're soft as clots. Um, it, it's it's hard. And I think this is the one thing I think Lee's touched on is we need competition for the places because it will bring the best out of the players. I don't see how we can have too many players. Sign all the players, Rafa. Sign them all. <laughs> I don't care. Um, if it makes that team on that pitch perform because they know they're looking over their shoulders that if we do not match our manager's high expectations and it sounds from what we've been told tonight, every praise is met with a but. Yes, that was really good, but you should have been punching one-handed, not two. Yes, you did really well for that first 20 minutes, but what happened for the next 60? You know, and and if that then is going to turn our squad into a a disciplined unit that organizes themselves, that achieves the maximum that they can every time they cross the white line, um, how can that ever be a bad thing? It's better for the club, it's better for the manager, it's better for the players, it's better for the team, it's better for us, the fans. Because ultimately, that's a recipe for success. Absolutely. And it's all gone quiet. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Rafa Benitez, Rafa Benitez has clearly got one target. One mm. target, and that is getting Newcastle out of the Championship back into oh, the Premier League. Totally. I keep reading, I keep reading, I keep, like the other, when Darryl Murphy signed the other day, straight away, oh, everyone's on the negative. Like, a lot of people on the negative now, like, oh, Hold on a second. Have a look at his record in the championship. In the championship. I keep having to write in the championship at this level. I keep yes. having to literally remind people at this level, we are in the championship. I really think some, 70, not 75%, 15% of our supporters actually still think we're in the Premier League. We're not. We're not in the Premier yeah. League. We're at this we're level. Totally and he is looking different. Keeps, exactly. He is looking at players at this level who he believes will get us promoted. And mm-hmm. that is, that's what it's about. He'll have one target this season and one target only. It'll be promotion. And then in the summer, yeah. he will, if, if we get promoted, he will then assess the squad and go away with players who he believes can't cut the mustard in the Premier League. Absolutely. He'll be Absolutely. ruthless. And I've got no and doubt all, about that. And we all know, Neil, for, we all know that, yes, if we do manage to get out this league at the first attack, yes, the likes of Dallow Murphy, will be moved on, a bit like looking back when we got promoted um, mm-hmm. under Kevin Keegan first and David Kelly, David Kelly and yeah. at the time everyone had a, a meltdown I did, I was like, what are you doing, what are you doing, man? but then I was only young and naive at the time, and then Peter Beardsley comes strolling through the door alongside that David Kelly, and I was like, sorry, alongside Andy Cole, and I quickly forgot about David Kelly, so mm-hmm. Rafa Benitez will have in his head a plan to try and get us out of the championship. And then that plan, because doors will open for different types of footballers, different qualities of footballers, when you have the background of the Premier League and also the wages on the table. But at this moment in time, our fans really sometimes need to just take a step back and go, oh, he scored 50 goals in three seasons for Ipswich. That tells you he's not too bad at this bloody level. What's your yeah. thoughts on Raval Morrison? Because obviously he's, he followed the Newcastle United app um, on Twitter, so that got people thinking. Well, what's he your take on him? He followed Aston Villa two weeks ago, Andrew, as well. Oh, he did, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. I, I, I just, that. 
I, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I think he's one of them lads who's flattered to deceive. He's obviously not got the best attitude and things like that. He's he's had more clubs than Nile Ranger, I think. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, he's, again, he's had more clubs than Tiger Woods. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, following Newcastle United's Twitter account might be some kind of, I don't know, damn squid for people. He followed, like I said, he followed Aston Villa a couple of weeks ago, and I've just read somebody, I think a, an actual news reporter with a blue tick, um, seeing Lincoln at the sun. So uh, this might be his agent playing funny buggers because ultimately it's the, the window shuts on Wednesday night. He probably wants a move. He's not playing at Lazio, and he's probably just chanting his arm where he can, you know. Yes, well, I'd, I'd be surprised if he comes here. I'd be surprised. Yeah, he did. He's been on. He's been linked with Newcastle for a long, long time. I remember when he went. I think even before he went to West Ham, um, he I think he went to QPR, and then he stayed there for a while. Then he went. To, he's now at Lazio, is he? But so he's he you know. Right. But how many? He's got. I feel he's got like so many kids with different women, and you know that brings its own issues if if you can't keep your eye on the ball. But like, <laughs> it, it's. It's you know it's it's a tough situation, but he is talented. Um, but he, he possibly needs somebody like Rafa Benitez. But I can't imagine like if if what Neil said about him and the lots of stories about him. I think uh, you, it sounds like Rafa does completely does a background check on everybody and bringing him into the club, and he wants him to embrace the the Newcastle United mythology. I couldn't imagine um, bringing in somebody that can be a crack as to. You know, on and off the on, on and off the pitch. Um, what, what, obviously, I know you want to talk about your favourite person, Sissoko, but what do you think the odds on oh, him actually who, going? Who said that? Did I tell you that I wanted to talk about him? <laughs> we always talk I was, about I him. Was actually, I was actually going to. I was hoping I was going to get all the way through this without even mentioning him. <laughs> well, the thing um, is, would it not be? In I've, I, the idea I've got, if he doesn't go. Um, which looks <laughs> well. Looks. I'm not going to say it looks like it, it might happen, but um, you know the amount of money that we want and Teote failing the medical. I personally would think um, it would add so much to Newcastle's uh, midfield and the pace and the power. Uh, I don't think it's a bad idea that they looking like um, Teote is going to stay because he's knee anyway. It's it, it's interesting. Um, what's going to happen the next couple of days because the window doesn't finish till Wednesday. Well, if he doesn't go, Andrew, um, we said it two weeks ago, I think we were talking about him, yourself and Neil, um, he, needs to, he needs to do some very, very good PR. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, needs to, he needs to come straight out, he needs to come out and apologise, and he needs to, do, he, needs to do, he needs to do the right things on the football field. It's all about one thing if he stays, and that's, getting back on the football field, putting his head down, putting in performances and making sure when the January transfer window comes around, Newcastle United is sitting top of the championship. And, it's, and, it's, and, and it could be due to the fact that Moussa Sissoko has decided to turn up, decided to put his boots on and decided to show that he's worth the money Newcastle are asking for. Because if he doesn't, and he decides to soak, I've got a feeling Newcastle United, uh, the, the club, will just allow him to sit out his contract and that's not doing him any favours. He's not done himself any favours. Whoever's, whoever's running his Twitter account, if it's him, you know, someone needs to really knock his head together and say, look, son, you shouldn't be doing that. You're disrespecting the hands that feed you. And I, and I can't actually believe the guy is, uh, is, is that stupid to, to not think that, oh, re- my performances have probably had a lot to do with the fact Newcastle got relegated because I, I believe I'm that good. So Newcastle shouldn't, in reality, have got relegated last season if he actually turned up. Because when he does yep. turn up, he's a handful. 
Mm. But he didn't turn up enough. And that's what really, really, well, you know, I'll not say it, boiled my peep. Um, mm. I just kind of, uh, I kind of get away with it when, like I said, that last game of the season against Tottenham, when he was running, running all over the place, just destroying people. And when he got took off, I didn't do anything. I didn't boo. I didn't clap. I just flicked the V's at him and he was walking off. I was just thinking, <laughs> get off. Go away. Please do not dog and I would do ever again. And, you know, that's, it's disappointing because it's, it is the only thing which we've kind of, again, we said two weeks ago when we hadn't won a game. It's the only cloud that's kind of hanging over the club. Um, but that cloud's uh, got a little bit of a rear sunshine uh, shining through at this moment in time because we've, we've won a few football matches. Everyone's starting to settle. We're all getting more confident as the kind of weeks go on. And um, if, if he's here, if he's here, he's here. If he's not, I, I, re- I don't care. I don't care. I think Newcastle United will be a better football club uh, without the likes of Moses Sissoko. We, we, we certainly don't need him. And I, and I don't think his career will go on to anything of any benefit with any particular club when he does leave because, unfortunately, he's got this mentality that's, that's in him where I think he believes he's the victim all the time. And I think no. he needs to sit down and seriously look at himself in the mirror and think about what someone like Rafa Benitez could actually do to his own career. Mm. But he'll not. He'll not. I, I, just think he's, uh, I just think he's got bad people around him. I think he's got bad people advising him. Um, so, really, if he does leave, I hope he rocks. If he does stay, that means he just has to get his head down and, and, and start to play. Because if he doesn't, the fans will be on his back. And Rafa will not put up with it this time and he'll not play. What's your thoughts on Sunderland? Because, obviously, they've... Uh, been linked heavily with um, with uh, what's his name? I forgot his name now. With Joe Hart, and they're buying a couple. Of, they seem to be buying a couple more players. Um, it was ni- I think for them it was probably pleasing that they got a result and they still got Coney. <laughs> yeah. Just about I mean, the Joe Hart, the Joe Hart thing. I mean, Joe Hart. <laughs> Manchester City goalkeeper goes to the Euros, England's number one, <laughs> comes back from the Euros, kinda of get a game has a disastrous Euros, kinda of get a game for kinda of get a game for Man City, then ends up Sunderland. I mean, talk about the worst three or four months of your life. Um I, I, if he ends up at Sunderland I'll I mean I feel sorry for Joe Hart. I mean he must think, Christ, what the hell have I done to deserve this? Just me opinion on Something to be honest, uh, and as for who else to link with, honestly, Andrew, I really don't care. They can <laughs> continue to they can continue to do what they do in the Premier League, fight relegation, and hopefully they'll be continuing to fight relegation if we get promoted and we can start, you know, thinking about Adam and Rafa can start thinking about being better than top dogging and things like that. No, yeah, mm. I think I think uh, with. With Sunderland, it's it's interesting, isn't it, Neil? When we hear about Sunderland, it's I think the one thing we always wanted as Newcastle fans with the previous managers that they'll come out and be truthful. <laughs> You've got David Moyes coming out being really truthful about Sunderland, and you know they they they're always used to fighting relegation and they need to think bigger. So as soon as he loses a game, as soon as he loses a game against Millsbury, he comes out and says, "Yeah, we're, we're we're looking at staving off relegation." He gets hung, drawn, and cornered for it. Well, yeah, because that's not really what you need to hear this, you know, three weeks into a season. Mm. You really don't need to hear that from your manager at that stage. You know, if if any manager had done that, I think he'd rightly get criticised. It's almost like he's washing his hands of the situation before he's in the middle of it. Um, So I I think that... 
quite rightly he's left himself open to a degree of criticism and I think this is partly what he got wrong when he was in Spain was I think he got criticised by the Spanish press for being perhaps a little too frank at times there's only, there's only one reason why some fans haven't asked questions over the last five or six years about where they've been finishing fourth bottom, fourth bottom, fourth bottom. Yeah. It's quite simple. Six in a row. That, that is yeah. it. That, that, if they, they've beaten Newcastle, they've beaten, although Newcastle had finished above them four times in a row until last season, that, that beating Newcastle United Football Club for a lot of them is their be-all and end-all. Regardless of what they say, regardless how they dress it up, um, yep. I, as a fan... Um, would have been continually asking questions of Alice Shaw if we continue to finish fifth bottom or fourth bottom or whatever. And the thing for David Moyes this season, David Moyes kind of isn't, in a, isn't under a lot of pressure from that point of view because they've already achieved the main objective. Newcastle were relegated, they've already finished above us this season. But if Newcastle United come back and, as a, and Rafa Benitez um, takes this club on, that's when they'll start asking questions of the likes of Alice Short and things like that. But for now, mm. you can, they can stick with their championship dra- jives and all things like that. Mm. And they will, questions of Alice Short will continue to go kind of unanswered or not asked about them because ultimately at this particular moment in time, they're quite happy just to continue on with their existence as long as Newcastle United sitting below them. They've always been a little bit like that, but that's not really the way I want to live. I want Newcastle to achieve. I want Newcastle to... I just don't want Newcastle to exist, and that was what was really annoying us under Mike Ashley. Sadly, we're mm. playing in the championship at this moment in time, but I believe he's got the right man in position if we can get promoted this season where Rafa Benitez, uh, given his, his calibre and his pedigree, there's no way Rafa Benitez will just want to be consolidating in the Premier League, and I mean finishing fourth bottom year in, year out. He'll want to obviously try and achieve something with this club, so that's why Newcastle fans are just you know, bubbling under the surface, a little bit of excitement and things like that. And just, I know you'll probably be wanting to cut us off in a second, but just to take you back to Saturday, right? Take you back to Saturday. The result wasn't the best thing about the game. This was. We were 2-0 up, and I, and I can see directly at Rafa Benitez. We're 2-0 up and we went a bit lax for about, uh, I see about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he was doing his dinger. He was standing on the touchline. He was flaming his arms. He was he was looking at people who weren't pulling their pulling their weight or their levels of ju- just job, and he was going berserk, absolutely berserk. And after about ten minutes, we got it. We pulled it back to, to get together, and it's because everything that he tries to do on the touchline when he's talking to his players is relevant. And and I like that. I like uh, you know I've, I've seen Pardew, I've seen McLaren, I've seen McLaren do weird laughs. I've seen Pardew well doing whatever he did but watching Benitez is a joy it's great mm. trust the man 100% so if he wants to sign a footballer by all means Rafa I'll pick him up for you mm. well great good have only as ever yes I was going to cut you off so tell me <laughs> <laughs> before before you quickly go it's a yes or no answer so you can't go- goggle on like you normally do <laughs> uh, what um, if Newcastle sell to Soko to Everton yes or no on James McCarthy if it's a swap uh, I might as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> bring them all in. Whoever want to bring them all in. Get them all in. Get them all in. the players. Pull the bigger dugouts. Pull the bigger dugouts. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Lee. See you next week. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. He is a laugh. You've got to give him that. <laughs> Straightforward, man. 
straightforward and always on point. Always thinking, that's what I like about Lee. So, it's been an interesting show. I'm waiting for John to come in. If he doesn't come in, we'll go um, to the end of the show. So, it's been a, to me, I think it's been a really interesting week. I think the good thing for Newcastle fans is that all the, the signings that are coming in, they're, they're being taken care of ahead of time. So on the Wednesday, we can all sit there and wait for anything on Sissoko, which, I think, you know, will be good TV. <laughs> yes, it will. And, and you know what? That's maybe why everything's been orchestrated this way. I genuinely don't think anything happens by accident with Rafa Benitez. Mm. And, and I think it was, was Steve made the point earlier, you know, he's done all the business. We don't need to sell Sissoko. It doesn't even look, look like we need to sell him. And it puts all the pressure back on his agent, all the pressure back on him, all the pressure back on uh, any club interested thinking they're going to get a deal or a bargain um, to say, well, okay, we don't need to sell, make us an offer. Mm. Um, I don't think he'll go for 30 million, but I think think we'll get a a fair chunk of change for him Mm. and all of that will count towards going forward there's money in the bank that you say, well, okay, last season you made this amount of money off of player transfers. Let's uh, go and spend some of that, please. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, 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 and again, yeah. it's part of the project, part of the plan. Mm, yeah, I'm going to bring in John now. So good evening, John. The last caller this evening. How are you? Good evening, guys. How are we doing? Not too bad, not too bad. So tell me, um, it's been a nice week for Newcastle, and I'm not even going to mention your second team, but like, um, what, what's... <laughs> What did you um, t- tell me? What did you think of the performance and uh, obviously the the great goal by Shelby and the the transfers? Tell me what your thoughts are. Um, like you said, it's been a fantastic week um, for Newcastle. I mean, all these people writing us off after what two games. I said, "Ah, we're going to write stuff off and we're not going to get promoted and stuff." But I've got a struggle sort of thing, you know. I mm. bet those same people are now being negative, right? Must be changing <laughs> their minds now, but. It's only two games gone, but I knew this team would pick up because um, Rafa's put out a fantastic team out there, so for us to enjoy, I think we're going to cross teams about. And um, on Saturday's performance, I think it was a fantastic performance. First half was awesome. Second half, we kept the ball a bit better, sort of thing, and um, we just didn't go, um, didn't go for it, really. What do you call it? Gong ho. And mm-hmm. um, we just... To be honest with you, though, I was quite comfortable sort of in the three points, and um, even Max Hill's had a fantastic game, so he did some couple of fine serves, and um, he's been getting a lot of stick, and um, I'll get behind the team to play out sort of thing. He's one of them as well, and um, yeah, three points, four plays. I think the good thing about Sells, and probably Neil might agree, that with the goalkeeper, it was a very, very tight call that he did. He didn't bring in Darlow. So even though he brought in, he, he kept on going with cells. You can tell it was a very, very close call, and that's what that's all we want, isn't it? If the player hasn't played well, and he hasn't done himself justice, it's, it's been a continuation of his performances. And Darlow came in, did 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 well in midweek. So it's it's good to see that this we have got you know options going going forward in in probably in every position. I was just going to say that's exactly my point. I mean, in the championship, you need a big squad. You need two players for each position. And also, what Rafa's doing is done exactly that. It's keeping the team fresh. It's keeping players on their tours. It's keeping players um, guessing in this world just good. 
And um, and the one thing I said this last season as well, your player is guaranteed a place in the first team. I mean, you, you've got to earn the right to be in that first team. If you don't perform, then someone else will take your place. And that's also a boot. But Rafa's doing well. He's doing the right thing. And, um, you know, yeah. Brilliant. Just keep it going. And the players, obviously, that are coming in, um, you know, we've got this young um, Asper from Chelsea and could have another in McManaman coming in. And we've still got the saga of Sissoko. So it's going to be an interesting last couple of days. We've got two more days after this. So um, the, the more players that come in and um, yeah. what's your thoughts on that? And then we obviously let me know what you think on Teoto. Teoto probably staying. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, um, that's, um, that's Dana Atsu. Is it Atsu from Chelsea? Yeah, I think that could be a done deal. Bless you. That's it, sorry. Sorry, I've got the right <laughs> name wrong there. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did I say? Atsu. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> sorry, man. But, Christian, I've got to call, I'm going to call him Christian. I mean, it'd be a good sign of him. I mean, he's got players on the way. He's quick. He does just score a lot of goals. But he's very creative, and um, he's um, going to be one of those players that's going to be um, going to do really well. But as to Colin McMenamin, well, um, well, I know people aren't very happy with that sign if it does come, sort of thing. But it happened three years ago. What he did was shocking, absolutely shocking, and they die. But if he, if Rafa's going to sign him, I will have to get behind him. I just think he's. When you look at him, he's very direct, he's very aggressive, and he could be, I think, for Newcastle, uh, when it comes to stretching, stretching teams, he's got yeah. a good cross in him, he's a winner, yeah. he won, you know, he won uh, the competition with uh, Wigan, and every, I think he's a ball of electricity, you know, I, well, look, he's been playing for Tony Pulis, and if you look at the difference between him and, and Rafa Benitez, Rafa Benitez will, you know, get him playing ev- every day. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it, it could be a good signing, but right as of right now, we don't yeah. know if he's coming because, you know, they've just agreed a fee with that young lad in Chelsea. So I think it's all positive, but obviously yeah. the negative is always going to be uh, Teote staying with, with his bad knee and um, mm. uh, Sissoko, the circus of Sissoko, can't continue on, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, just um, if if it's going to be if, if it's going to come to my first choice would be Christian, obviously, but don't get him in. My man constantly castles. Then I will back off his judgment all the time. But as a player, I mean, he's like he just said there. He's direct. He scores scores, and um, Rafa turn into a better player as long as he doesn't make those silly challenges. But on Tyrolti. Right, I mean that's a strange one, isn't it? He failed his some fit, um, the medical there sort of thing, and um, it looks like now we, it looks like we're going to have to um, keep him till next season so he can walk away on the free. It's a shame because Tayoti on this year is one of the best defensive midfielders we had in Newcastle quite a while, but he keeps getting booked all the time, and um, I don't know where he's going to go from here now. I really don't. Does make any? I think it's what Neil said earlier. When he was in his tracksuit, he looked like he was he looks like he was busting the buttons of 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 the tracksuit when he, when he arrived in in Turkey, and that's like to me you that's got shocking. On, you got, on, got on the scales and it said one at a time, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's gone on there on the days of tour. I think he's gone on there on the days holidays. 
just thinking, you know, I don't fancy going to Turkey, it's too hot for them, but at the end... <laughs> but, Probably. Um, it's, a shame, it's a shame, really, man, it's a shame, because I think he wanted to go to Galatasaray and play um, in the Champions League as well, mm, and yeah. um, I'm afraid yeah. that... Um, I can understand um, why they don't want to take it on because we're doing medical. It's there for a reason that he has to be absolutely spot on. But if it's not right, then unfortunately, then you have to understand that Galatasaray's and reasons not to sign them up, sort of thing. So it's only for the best. They want him to be 110 fit. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll soon we'll soon see what happens in the next couple of days. But thanks for coming on, John. Appreciate it as ever, and we'll talk to you in the, in the coming week. Okay. Champion. Before you go, I mean, yeah. I still think, I still think on this transfer deadline day, I can still see one name. I can see Raph is going to pull something out of the pack. I don't know who it is. I still think it'd be Nokia coming to cover. I still think that because knockabout. Yeah. I still think, and I'm, I'm going to be positive here. If it comes off great, if we don't do it, if it's a so-called Leesley Castle, if he does leave, mm. then I've got a feeling. That to Nokia just gonna come. I think he wants him badly, and I think that could happen. Yeah, I thought I must be. I agree. I think on Saturday to me it was so dangerous, and I think uh, he must have Rafa. If 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 he's playing two men on him, he knows what he can do. But that's a great point. So let's let's wait to see what happens. But that that's a great um, analogy. Well, let's see what happens on Wednesday. Thanks, John. Fingers crossed, and I shall speak to you in a couple weeks. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate Cheers, it. John. Cheers, John. Thanks, sir. Great to see you there. Well, sorry, if I think people were expecting um, uh, Graham Bailey tonight, but Graham's on transfer deadline day. He's actually currently in Vegas, so it's not. Obviously, we had to mix and match tonight, but we'll get him back on um, sometime to talk about other transfers going on. But thanks very much to everybody that came on. Uh, Saz Chadhuri, one of my main guests tonight, and uh, getting he was on for a long time. Always great to hear from from uh, Saj, so great to see him. And thanks very much to my co-host, Neil Mitchell, calling from uh, Dubai. Cheers, Neil. Pleasure, mate. As ever. I'll talk to you in a second, a minute, anyway. But thanks, everybody, for Toon Talk. This show will be available everywhere in a couple of minutes. And it's back to Taylor. Sausage fingers strikes again. <laughs> I wish I could stop it. Not say to you If I don't say the words that may 